Hello and welcome back to There Will Be Dungeons. That's right, playing D&D with friends. It's the only way to spend your Sunday afternoon, usually Saturday, but today we're doing it today. Uh, thanks everybody for being here, watching live. Those at home, we appreciate you guys very much for being here and going to our friends over at phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD to grab some tea and also signing up for our support system over at therewillbedungeons.com. Continue doing that and we will continue making this show. Uh, without further ado, Let's hand it over to Kristen, who will catch us up on what happened last time on There Will Be Dungeons. Last time on There Will Be Dungeons, departing was delayed one last time. They hailed the Herald of Time to confirm their need for Nashes. Nashes who had already faced failure. Finally free to fly, their target terminal was a rundown rock. Its bar bustling but brutish until Stanley revealed his bardish bent to the barkeep. Now welcome, they were told clues concerning Tungsten Wheel's whereabouts were at a bank in a barred-off borough. Once in, they found the financial forum's floor covered with gold goo that, when welcomed by a nibble from Nash, stole his stats. Now rejoin our heroes as they attempt to access a cuffed coffer. Will Nash regain his purloined power? What lies beyond the locked door? And where will they discover the clues they need to nab Tungsten? Stay tuned for the continuing conundrums and perilous pursuits of space. Whoops. There it is. Ah, welcome back, everyone. Bo, it's in your hands. We return to our heroes in the bank of Burp. Nash Maggard of the Solar Mines, Hope, Stanley, and Varel, and Union Wheel, the Balilicoon to Stanley Salili Prime, are in the foyer or opening room of the Bank of Burp. There's these splotches of yellow all about the room where the party has slain the blobs which have stolen Nash's intelligence and Nash's dexterity. The goal from last week was that um, you arrived to, at Blast Belly Rock to find Tungsten Wheel, the architect and engineer meant to be behind the Trianglosphere used in the plan to save the planet Earth. Ail Boon, the barkeep of the Wet Whistle, said that Tungsten Wheel held down a job here. Uh, at the bank of Burp, and was a patron of the wet wheel, <clears throat> the wet whistle. Excuse me, every day, until one day he disappeared. He just stopped coming. That's all you learned from Ale Boon. Um, so your line of inquiry, your adventure, brought you to this place, and that's what you're doing here. Uh, thus far, the door and the entrance deeper into the bank has eluded you. And that's Ale Boon Hardbottom. His last name was Hardbottom. Now, the bank itself is made of stone and looks as though this room has been sealed for quite some time. You're not quite sure how the oozes made their home here. However, it's likely they oozed their way in through crevices. Well, Van says, uh, or sorry, uh, Van. Uh, uh, Nash says this. Because he can't think for himself anymore. He's like a child right. now. Nash that makes that noise. Yeah. This is him. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Nash, quit screwing around. Come over here and help us out. 
You can still speak common. Uh, oh, can I? You still, okay. the, you still have the capacity for language. All right. I'll uh, hear him say that and just kind of walk over there. I won't say anything. Just kind of walk. A little dopey. And uh, remind me, Bo, the, the lock that we were seeing is... Uh, you said it looked like it's arcane in nature, not just a like a latch. Uh, well, it's a dial. So okay. there's a dial. It has... Uh, eight symbols on it of varying natures and it looks like you turn it to put some sort of passcode in if you had to guess Mm. Uh, looking along the desk area is there any paperwork that might have a convenient post-it note with the code written on it nearby Um, yeah so the place hasn't been used in years Uh, there's no paperwork on this that's a cage that you're seeing there towards the back where the tellers presumably would pass, you know, money through the cage. The there are bars of iron, and nothing atop the uh, <clears throat> nothing atop the the countertop. Uh, the the pass through itself, they're closed at the moment. But if you had to guess, they're about you know maybe a foot by a foot wide. It's not. It's very narrow. Getting through the open area where the bars are, assuming that the little gate was open. Uh, each one has a small gate that is closed latched from the other side. Now, mechanically, don't we have short-range teleports? Or was that scrolls that I'm thinking of? Um, I can teleport. I think Nash can as well, but mm-hmm. uh, only a limited number. I can't at all, because my intelligence would stop me from doing it. What do you mean? Your, your spellcasting um, status charisma. Yeah, but wouldn't I be... If I've got negative four intelligence... Well, maybe you need to explain this to me. That's your your modifier when you roll. Your intelligence is three. Okay, but if it's three and normally what? Hold on. I'm not going to... I'm not going to, like... You know, role play police. The the accurate role playing of a particular role. Like, you're very unsmart <laughs> but you still have the ability to attack and use your spells and things of that nature it's, it's up to you how you want to proceed <laughs> with and the keep play. in mind you have you still have wisdom so there's a difference between intelligence and wisdom as the game is denoting so hmm. you're, you have a hard time thinking but you still understand things at a at a base level according to stats you're as smart as a horse <laughs> there you go. Okay. Well, then Horses that's going to be pretty smart sometimes. Then that's I my whole take. I would have good instincts, maybe in a in a situation or whatever a horse would have. But I don't think I'm going to be great at like, hey, yeah, you won't know how to finish Pythagoras's theorem. Yeah, like, you're not going to tell a horse. Furniture. You're not going to say, hey, horse, teleport ten feet that direction. He's not going to know what you're talking about. I would think. So I will. It's, I, up, it's up to you. It, that's it's entirely up to you how you want to proceed. There's no real rules. Like I'm not going to ding you uh, unless you do something very intelligent, you know, or medium intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> unless you're suspiciously smart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, we'll see how this plays out. Um, what is the, uh, the below the bars, the counter area? What is it made out of? Is it metal, stone? Below, it's metal as well. It's a metal. It's a whole metal cage. It's like a metal table. Barrier, very strong barrier to entry. I mean, we could certainly have uh, Nash and I teleport through this, but that only gets us through. Um, 
I don't know, Varel, this place has been in disrepair for a while. Maybe take a stab at tearing it down? Oh. I thought it was a nice door. <laughs> I mean, it is a nice door, but we don't know the we don't know the passcode. Now we meant when we were on the outside, you mentioned there was no windows. Are there windows on the sides now, or, or are are there visible places where the right? Double- so yeah, there are windows. Well, there are windows. <laughs> I mentioned okay. there were no windows, but I'm looking at the map and I'm like, there appears to be six windows in this room. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah cool alright so I would be concerned about making a ruckus and causing the delicious dogs to invade our privacy hmm because we don't know what those dogs are capable of or how many there would be but wait, you said you said there's eight things on this dial. There's like a it's kind of a combination yeah. lock. There there are eight symbols on it, and it, you're I mean without having fiddled with it yet, your guess would be that if you do have to, if you knew the code, the passcode of this uh, device, you might get in. It looks like a safe dial or something like that. Like you would imagine that employees uh, of the bank who would know the passcode would be able to just enter at will if they knew it. Oh, right. Like it's a, it's like an arcane version of having a keypad on a door, basically. I'll go over to Nash and I'll grab him by both shoulders and try to get him to like focus on me. Okay. Nash, I'll turn to you. Are you well? <laughs> uh, yes, I would say I think so. Nash, make me tiny. You've done big before. Now make me small and I will fit through the bars. I'm going to look confused, but then I'm going to go, I'm going to go like this to this. Yes. Small. All right. I'm going to think I know what he means. Unless Bo has any objection. Um, I'm going to go ahead and shrink you, which I haven't used in a while. Let me remind myself about how this freaking works. Uh, I think it it shrinks a person down to half size. I still have it, right? Hold on. Oh, enlarge, reduce. Yeah, here it is. Okay. At level one, uh, sorry, level two, I have to do it. Um, my gosh, why is this flipping around like that? Okay, here we go. Reduce, enlarge, cast. So 33, uh, concentration 17. So I have to... He has to have... How does that work? I forget how that one works. If he's a willing participant, he just gets smaller, right? Yep. Yeah, he doesn't have to make the roll if he wants. If he just wants to accept it. Okay, so you're accepting it. So go ahead. You're now... A creature, an object you can see within range to grow larger or smaller for the duration. Um, choose a creature or object that is neither worn nor carried. If the target is unwilling, it can make a constitution saving throw on us. So if it's unwilling... Uh, Target, uh, target this creature, everything is wearing is carrying changes size with it, and item drop by an infected creature returns to normal size at once. So when you reduce, target size is halved in all dimensions, and its weight is reduced to one-eighth of normal. Yeah, and your damage attacks um, are reduced 1d4 less damage while you're in this form. Yeah. yeah. We almost always went bigger, so this might be the first time we've shrunk you. 
You also have disadvantage on strength checks and strength saving throws while you're small. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, Nash uh, says the magic words. I think there's magic words associated with this. Verbal. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. hand waving magic words and uh, your focus, which you use to do this. And Pharrell shrinks. By <laughs> Wait, I know what the words are. I'd say, um, I think I remember how to do this spell. It's been a while, but what the hell? I'm a little less smart than I used to be. Let's see if Varel can be the size of a flea. There you go. Well done. Nice. See, and that's dumb because he'd never be as small as a flea, so that still makes me kind of dumb saying that. <laughs> it. It works. Not, yeah. the, magic, the, magic, the magic works regardless of the uh, inaccuracy or the lack of... Uh, uh, lack of accuracy in your magical words. The spell takes effect, bringing Varel down to half his size. He's now half the size of all of you. He looks like a halfling lizard. All right, I'm going to climb up through the hole into the uh, bank area. Okay, perfect. So, um, so the bank area is made of bars, which you can attempt to squeeze through, and then there's these little boxes that can open up and close um, that are more like fenced off, so you'd have to open them from the other side to get that open. Would you like to attempt to squeeze through the bars? Yeah, yeah. Unless there's like one of those under, you know, like the, the pass through the change kind of holes at the bottom half that I Yeah, no, th- they're, they're, those are there, but they're closed. They have okay, like doors the- sealing them off, so your only way is through the bars. Oh, so they're more like prison meal kind of doors where you gotta, yeah. like, you know, feed yeah, Hannibal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a pretty secure <laughs> bank uh, overall. You, you, you have to say, um, make your make an acrobatics check, please. All right. Would this be with disadvantage from the shrinking, or is that just no, strength? Based? Strength is strength based stuff. Okay. Acrobatics is dex based. This is a finesse move. Twenty one. Okay, so with some effort, you manage to like you sort of move your head in that way, like a cat might when it's getting through an impossible space. As you like twist your head around and then twist your body around and then breathe in and manage manage your body with air breathing so that it's small in certain points. And um, very quickly, once you're able to get that through, there's a little hump where you have your tail that's like also kind of big, so you have to wiggle your legs around and contort in this weird way. And then you hear a hang on, is that loud enough? You hear a pop, and <laughs> and you you get out to the uh, you, you get out and fall on the other side on your feet. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I'll put you on the other side there. Your tokens. All right. Well, there's one. Uh, good job, Nash. Let me just. Uh, Stanley's gonna get down and play with the dial a little bit. Do I get a sense if it's an arcane lock in nature or if it's a mechanical lock? Um, it's a mechanical lock, but it seems to have some arcane properties. However, it, that's just from phys- visual inspection. I mean, it's hard to know until you start fiddling with it. Uh, Varel, however, you do notice that there's a simple door handle on the other side of the door now that you're on the other side. Stanley's sitting there still. Hmm. I got this, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's. Hmm. Hmm. All right, so I'll it go depends. Over the door. Yeah. Do you, Varel, do you want to open the door or do you want to let Stanley try to figure it out anyways? Uh, he seems intent on it, and I've seen magical traps before, so I would want Magic Man to finish his inspection. Okay. All right, so uh, for an inspection of the door, let's do... You can either use your uh, an Arcana check, or you can... Um, 
what, I guess for this kind of thing, it would be investigation to see what you can learn about the lock. Sure. Uh, we'll do uh, we'll do Arcana. It's same as investigation. I feel like he's focused on that aspect. So fourteen. Okay. So um, you sort of play with the dial a bit, turning it very carefully uh, to see you know what you can hear. Um, generally speaking, it sounds it seems as if though there's a, a mode of operation for this, which is to input some sort of password to go through by turning the dial. Uh, the code and combination of which you do not know. Your sense is that the arcane aspects of this lock are mainly just for show, as the letters sort of glow in different colors. You don't really have a sense that anything magical is assisting in the locking mechanism. It's just uh, it's a bank, they have money, and it's maybe a bit of splash of money to have a fancy-looking lock on the door. Stanley and, you know, stand, uh, for the less intelligent, they may be also, they may think, like as a ruse, that it's a very magical lock, so they would not dare to mess with it. Your sense is that it's not the case. Yeah, Stanley stands up. It's clear he doesn't know how to open the door. Oh. oh. Are you are you ready for me to open it? Uh wait a minute. Does it just open from that side? There's a handle here. <laughs> oh my gosh, Tiny well, Varel might kill me. Hold, I'm sorry. Hold on, try it. Okay. <laughs> I approach the handle and I and I twist it. Approach the handle like you have to like reach up on your tiptoes to try and grab the handle. Yeah, yeah, and then, <laughs> and then you, pull, you pull the handle and the door becomes unlatched and swings open and there's a second door. As you can see, there's a small chamber. It's a two door deal. And there's right another here. handle on the second door. There we go. And you reach up on your tippy toes and pull down the handle and open the door and see Stanley there, uh, looming over you. Victorious. <laughs> uh, yeah, good job. Good job, Varel. Stanley's a little embarrassed. He moves in. Uh, is there anything I can grab to keep the door propped open? I guess we don't need it on this side. It'll be fine. We can close the door. Got a lot of stuff in your inventory, maybe. Yeah. Oh, it's you don't fine. need it though, right? Yeah. Nah, we'll just go out this way. Perfect. Part. So you've successfully navigated your way into the into the cage. Wait, wait. Um, I, in- I, I try to stop Stanley, who's trying to walk by. Oh. Okay. Try careful. This is where Nash's intelligence died. <laughs> what are you talking about? Right here. Well, you killed it. There's a little bl- blast of yellow on the ground where you shocked it. It's still oh. be recovered. I say he licks it. Of all the things he's licked, he should lick it again. Yeah, maybe eat the whole thing. Dust and all. Why is he eating it? What are you guys talking about? Nash is fine. I'll look at Nash with a horse-like I've never heard uh, look. Nash gurgle like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. No. Mechanically, I'm not. Um, we wouldn't be quite aware of what happened to him yet. Well, the no. thing, no, the, the thing was yelling that it ate his intelligence and that it couldn't. Yeah, it, you were informed that it ate yeah. his intelligence. He was like, "I'm doing the Pythagoras theorem over here." <laughs> Look, I don't believe little slimes that say they ate Nash's intelligence. He just cast a spell. Nash, are you okay over there? I'll look at you like a horse might. He's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I like that Stanley can't tell the difference between this and normal Nash. This is amazing. 
If I had cud, I'd be chewing it. But that's a cow, I guess. Mole Nash took him a little longer to get his rhyming spell out, but you know it rhymed eventually. <laughs> and you are technically bigger than a flea, so it was also wrong. But that's not uncommon for Nash. <laughs> I'll just stare. I've Nash, got- come in here. They want you to lick the floor or something. All right, a horse can be called, so I'll walk in there. Horse, <laughs> okay, I'm glad. If it's the intel, I'm going by the rules. If it's the intelligence yeah, of a horse, of disbelief still intact. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll come wandering in there like a horse. But if you called it, mm-hmm. I'll just stand there. Varel thinks you should uh, lick the floor where the slime died. It's the only way. I'll look at the floor and look at them, and then not quite know what they mean. I'll have the look of like a dog who needs further training. That can go down. Are you pointing and at the <laughs> floor? All right, I'll Recover know en- your intelligence, Nash, from the from the slime. I'll know enough from his his mimicking of that to know that that's what I should do. So I'll 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 get down there on all fours and. You know, Nash has no problem licking stuff, so I'll just lick it. All right, let's make a survival check. Okay. While all this goes on, Stanley leans over to Hope and whispers, I think something might be wrong with Varel. <laughs> something you never say. All right, here we go. Where is it? Survival, you said? Hope does not. Survival, please. Okay. Oh, wow. It's almost a nat 20, but instead it's a not natural 20. Okay, so it's just a 20. All right, so you successfully lick the floor, getting um, ooze, uh, charred ooze particulate, as well as rocks and, like, hair. And and as you lick around your face is all the crumbs from the ground. Um, it tastes like belly button candy and also uh, ground dirt. Okay. Really old ground dirt. And um, You mean dirt from the ground, not ground up dirt? Is that what you mean? Yeah, that's what okay. I mean. Like, just, you know. Think of a dirty floor. It's got like, you know, dog hairs on it and rocks and pieces of sand plus yellow belly button candy. I've had worse. It's all, all in, it's all in your mouth. And you licked it pretty enthusiastically because it was a good roll. Like, you, you know, you did a good job. Okay. Uh, you're a good horse. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it doesn't seem to have any immediate effect anyways. Oh. Although you're not quite sure what you were. You aren't sure what they're ex- expecting as a result. All right. I'll lean back, look at them and go. All right. Well, Varel, are you satisfied? At least he's a good boy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that didn't do anything? I don't got my stuff back? Nope. Gosh dang it. But a good try. Good try, everyone. All right. Well, if we're done having our companions lick the floor, let's uh, let's proceed further in. All right. So I'm gonna get to roll twenty. Re- reveal some areas here. So you, uh, there's another door here. It just appears to have a door handle that is not locked. Um, and you open up the door to find a hallway with doors on the left and right. Um, uh, you can't see inside those rooms, but there are doors in there, and that leads to a larger sort of area that is, um, you know, this sort of larger area with a giant stone statue in it. So you guys can see that now? 
Let's see. Okay, so basically there's a hallway. Yep. It continues in stone. Um, there's no light in here, and it gets darker and darker. Uh, those with dark vision can make out the details, but you see that there are door. There, there are four doors, two on the left, two on the right down the hallway. Then there's a set of stairs leading down into this large room with a giant statue in the middle. And that room with the statue in the middle also has um, doors on the left and right side. Now, in this larger room, you notice, again, those glowing yellow oozes crawling around the ceiling, floor, and wall, sort of just existing on the sides of the building. In and around, uh, you can you can notice them even from your vantage point at the doorway. Now, for those without dark vision, it may be a good idea to break out a torch. I will light. Um, I always forget. Thunder or uh, Splendor Belt has night and dark vision, and I always forget I don't have it with Nash. Hold on a second. Yeah, I believe Varel and yourself do not have dark vision. Yeah. Yeah, I could do. I could light my shield and lead the way. Uh, sadly, sadly, our enlarge reduce only lasts one minute, so it would be it would be Aww. failing. Otherwise, I would climb atop Nash's shoulders and direct him, and we'd have kind of a master blaster <laughs> thing going on. That would be oh, awesome. That's awesome. I love that. It's too bad it's only a minute. That needs to be more of a thing. Yeah. Go. Usually in combat, it's you- great because you're you know combat's so drawn out but short, so it never matters. But when we're exploring, it kind of sucks. Uh, would I have the wear? Would a horse know how to light anything? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if you're aware that it's dart, you might know that you have a method to combat that. All right. Well, I'll go and reach into my pants and pull out a one of my one of my peels or whatever I've got in there, and be slightly tempted to eat it because I'm kind of the I've got a horse mentality. But instead, I will just. Touch You've done it that before. You've eaten your light source and then held your mouth open to shine around. That's true. That was a fun time. You've done that. You've done that before. Yeah. But in this case, I'll hold it aloft in my hand and cast uh, light on it. Okay. Maybe you could stick it to your forehead and that way it's like a minor light. Well, that's not bad. You know what? I'll lick it. <laughs> I'll lick it and then mush it onto my head like a headlight. I like it. Okay. Perfect. Hopefully it stays. All right. Yeah, um, well, make a survival roll. <laughs> I was afraid you did say that. Uh, let's call that a 16. All right, so because there's extra adhesive in what you licked off the floor, it actually applies to the peeling and sticks to your head very successfully. Sweet. So, yeah. Awesome. You now have a peeling on, stuck on your forehead. All right, um, uh, so how do you proceed into the room? What do you do? All right, I'll, do you go? I'll alight my shield to bathe the area in light. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's pretty minor when we've done in the past 15 feet, I believe. Okay. Yeah, I don't have the advanced lighting on in this one, so I'm just revealing the whole room. But uh, cool. yeah, sure, 15 feet. Uh, and then I see that there are doors right after we enter. Yeah, there are to doors the left and on, right. on the left and right. Do they have anything on them to identify what kind they of doors like, they would be? They look like standard doors. Uh, one of them says uh, manager on them. Uh, the one to the, the second one on the left says manager. Uh, the one on the right says uh, sales. The other two are nondescript. They have names on them. One says uh, Brink, and the other says uh, Madeline. So you got manager. What did I say the second one was? Sales, Brink, and Madeline. Well, do you want to split up or go in together? 
I'll lead it lead us down a bit. And then as my light hits the edge of the room here, I would notice the slimes occupying the space as well. Okay, so you carefully move down the hallway and look into the larger back room. Now, in this larger room, you see slimes all around the room. There's very interesting stonework uh, leading to the center of the room to what looks like is essentially just a water fountain in the middle of the room, but with no water in it. It's long, old. Towards the back is a giant stone statue of this gaudy-looking being with horns. Um, It looks like a sort of piece of art or something like that. It's a little out of place in the dungeon, given how... uh, Not the dungeon, in the bank, given how um, large it is and how... You know, this being a settlement of dwarves, possibly gnomes or, or halflings of some kind, it's, it's very, like, beastly. Um, so it looks like someone's, like, a gaudy art collection thing, kind of. A big sculpted statue. Do you think we should take care of these slimes before they start running around claiming to have stolen things from Nash again? That sounds like a good idea. That we inspect the manager's office for means to manage our situation. I'll see. Do that as well. I'll see the slimes and go, kind of rear back a little and be a little afraid. I know these are bad. Whoa! Whoa! They're old paint. (laughs) (laughs) Pet his nose. (laughs) Easy now. Easy now, girl. You're fine. It's so stupid. All right, well, you guys would be the the rangers of the group, so I would kind of squeeze up against the wall, let you guys pass if you want to artillery the business. Uh, Yeah, any slime Stanley can see from here, he's going to just start firing Eldritch Blasts at. Okay, perfect. And anyone else shooting at the, the blobs? If some get too close, Hope will stab, but she doesn't really have a ranged weapon unless she throws her dagger. Okay, so I guess only Stanley, it's you doing the ranged stuff, because you can just go into the room. I'm not going to make you do attack rolls. You can pretty much just easily and clear the room of oozes if you wish. Yeah, Yeah. and he's doing it just very matter-of-factly, because again, Stanley genuinely does not realize that there's anything wrong with Nash. He actually thinks Pharrell's acting weirder than Nash, so he's just going in just just like like he's just cleaning the room alright I'd like you to make a perception roll for me please alright uh 15 okay um you walk into the room and start eldritch blasting everything that you can see uh within seconds you've cleared the room and there's the smell of belly button and candy and and, and it's like faint yellow smoke sort of filling up to the ceiling. Reminds me of that old Marcy Playground song. Except it's sex Silly and button candy. And candy. Yeah. Se- sex and candy in that case, but I love that song. Anyway. Yeah. Table, table talk about a note of, the, of nothing to do with Nash. All right. Slimes are taken care of. Should we uh, investigate the offices? Let's go. All right, I'll take us over to the management door, and I will grip the the handle. I've got my shield lit in my other hand. I'll I'll push it open and kind of 
using the shield's edge to cast a line of light into the room. Take a peek All right. in. All right, so I will reveal the manager room. So you open up the door. It goes... You see inside there's a bookshelf, chair and a desk, and another chair. Darkened window towards the back. Okay, I will open it full and and enter. Alright, you open it in full and enter into the room and you see the same the self same bookshelf and, and table and like atop the table is just like rotted paper this room hasn't been opened in probably several decades there's a stench of grease and dirt upon it it's the staleness to the room <laughs> the word manager is under John's name or under John's icon it makes me want to call him the manager yeah labeling manager uh, Stanley yeah I need to see the manager <laughs> I'm I'm resisting my fallout urge to start looting the whole room with the, <laughs> the old table and books give me these books I need them an inkwell need it need it all right uh so taking any anybody else in anyone else going in the manager office with me yeah, Stanley will come in, check it out. Uh, Nash will hang out outside. Stanley's moving around like uh, like Venkman and Ghostbusters. Like, Varel's got his careful tactical shield peeking through, and Stanley's just kind of walking around like he's just he's been drunk along on this. He's gotten a big head since becoming slowly prime. Jeez. Mm. <laughs> a, l- a little bit, I guess. <laughs> I think the big thing is, is he's just now resided that there's no danger in here, in his head. As likely incorrect as that is. That's how he feels. All right. Um, yeah, so this is the manager's office. There are books, there's a desk, there's rotten paper, and two chairs. You know, where you can see, like, a client coming in to ask for a loan or maybe an employee coming in to ask for better hours or something like that, you know, with that kind of room. Uh, Stanley wants to check out the desk, <clears throat> see if he can find anything mentioning tungsten wheel or anything that might stand out that hints at them being an employee all right um so you uh, open up the desk of the manager and do an investigation roll please right 17 okay so you you sort out some of the papers much of what's in here is either letters to various clients um there are contract like old like every time you pick up a paper some it's, it's very yellowed and, and a lot of like pages are missing. They sort of, they sort of, some of them even uh, fall apart in your hand, but from what you're able to gather, um, mainly in here, there are employment agreements, uh, with various employees. And as you sort of flip through the names, you do come across one signed by tungsten wheel. He's getting paid, uh, 10 gold a week. And you can see he was contracted as a teller, uh, here in the bank. I know grab that piece of paper and tuck it in my bag. Take it with me. Okay. I'm just going to make sure to move Union, who's guarding you outside the door. Alright, um, so you grab that piece of paper, certainly. Um, amongst the papers as well is there's there's a fair number of, fair number of ledgers uh, and, and things of that nature. Uh, anything on it resembling, like, 
because uh, they've already used one coded lock. Any codes or passwords or anything of that nature in what I um, nothing through? that you saw. Nothing that you saw on the desk. No. Okay. There is, however, what captures your attention: a bookshelf in the manager's office. All right. Well, that would be the next thing to turn over. Go and. All right. Let's make an investigation roll. Roll for the. Oh, much better. Stanley's good at turning over bookshelves. Uh, 23. Sure. All right. So um, your investigation, these are various ledgers for the most part and a few treaties on uh, real estate. Um, sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, re- <laughs> They're <laughs> very dusty button. in here, those bookshelves. Yeah. And a few a few treaties on you know proper real estate uh, uh, practices, how to make money, how to think about finances, you know, books about money. And... Um, Within one of the books you find uh, in the creases is actually sort of this cutout of the pages where, you know, you might keep an item. And in there, there seems to be a pile of letters. And and then in another one of the books, as you flip through, you notice on the inside cover, you see the word, strangely, just like tapioca, just written on the cover. <laughs> seems like a strange word. That's your attention. All right. I'll make a note of that and... Uh... Let's let's investigate these letters, these hidden letters. Okay, so you begin looking through the letters, and you see that they um, they're apparently uh, received love letters of passion from a dwarf uh, back home. It's not really specified where back home is in the letters you're reading, but they're sort of steamy letters uh, talking about how this lady dwarf is going to plow this male dwarf. And next they see each other. Good lord! And and talking about you know not liking their loved partners. There's some sort of tryst going on between whoever was managing this place, uh, someone named named Dunald, and this woman named Tifa. <laughs> Stanley will kind of chuckle and go, "Nash, look at this. Read this." <laughs> <laughs> I'll kind of wander over and look at it. Not really sure what I'm looking at. They're nibbling the pages. <laughs> In real, in in normal intelligence level, he would be horrified by dwarves doing it. That would be terrible. Not something you'd want to think about. Why? I don't know. Just something about for Nash. Anyway, I'm not saying I have a problem with it. Although maybe I do. Because <laughs> just want our Scott, listeners to know it's okay. Scott is totally okay with whatever dwarves do. Like if, uh, like just imagine, okay. like in a more pop culture way, if you saw Gimli getting it on. In that way, with somebody, just that's a weird vision. It's weird. Gimlet, you have my axe. Ah! Like it'd just be nasty. <laughs> Not interested. Gross. Anyway, that's how I'd look at it. I'd be a little. I'd be put back by it. All right. So all you just see is, is as Dash looks at it, his eyes are going intensely. This is internal monologue happening. Yeah. Stanley's like waiting for him to to laugh or say anything, and then when he realizes. Nash is clearly just maybe a little too into it. He just pulled it away. <laughs> uh, I like it. All right. Well, I think that's all we're going to find in here, it seems. Um, maybe we should split up, check the other rooms up here before we proceed further. All right. I will lead us to. I don't want to be flanked. Oh, and there's a window in this room, too. Okay. Uh, so I will take us to 
Madeline's and sales and you know basically making my way forward start right, carefully start propping up, open doors all right propping open doors and, and looking inside so you open uh, the, the office labeled Madeleine and you see there's a little yellow ooze sitting in the back of the room uh, and this room much like the manager's room has bookshelves table chairs papers and that sort of thing uh, you go to the sales room and you see here uh Weirdly enough, there's a bed and a chest and the table in here. It looks kind of like a break room, honestly. And then this last room named Brink. Um, you see again the standard table, chairs, bookshelves. All right. Each time uh, I reveal a slime, I will tactically roll aside on the nearby wall and open up the door for Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> so Varel does this action roll out of the way and Stanley just goes <laughs> and shoots them. Alright, so you just, yeah, so you just cast, cast your Eldritch Blast, zapping them, leaving little spots on the ground. Psh, 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 psh. And eliminate them. And then Stanley's gonna go check out the chest. Priorities. Okay, well, there's a little wood chest uh, at the foot of this bed. It um, doesn't appear to be locked, and it sort of gives away very easily. And as you open it up, you see there are um, extra sheets inside the chest. Oh, well, that's disappointing. Stanley digs through the sheets, make sure there's nothing hidden underneath. Ugh. Oh. More sheets, more weird dwarven sex. Yeah, as, with you, sheets you dig, as you dig through the sheets, a spider crawls up your arm and then jumps off uh, onto the side. And runs towards the corner under the bed. Well, that was upsetting. (laughs) 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 Just keep looking around, see if there's anything hidden in the Make an investigation roll. Another 23. All right. uh, The search of this room turns up empty. It seems like pretty much a bank room, a break room probably for the tellers. Um, the fact that the bed in here is a little weird of a mystery, but maybe makes sense if, you know, someone's taking a, an extra break, I guess, to have a bit of a snooze. It's a siesta midday, maybe. But apart from that, nothing of interest in this room. All right. I mean, if nobody else is searching rooms, Stanley will just move to another room and keep looking. But if other people are searching, I'll let them do what they're doing. Hope's I don't know if everybody's following. just standing around watching me ransack rooms. Everyone else doesn't feel like searching. They're like, I ah, just let Stanley do Nash it. Nash doesn't no, know what you're I, doing. I am being vigilant. I am concerned about oozes and, and do- devil dogs. What were they called? Rock dogs. Rock dogs. <laughs> So Stanley leaves the room, comes out, stands in the hallway, sees all of his friends just sort of standing around watching and goes, don't worry, I got this. And just passes by and goes into the next room and starts searching that. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't, don't need any help here. It certainly goes faster if it's just me doing it. Yep. Many right, hands um, make light work. Wouldn't, wouldn't want that. All right, so you move into Madeline's office, and you see that, uh, like the other one, there's an extra table in here, an extra bookshelf, but basically the same configuration, stone walls, old papers piled up, left seemingly, you know, not put away, you know, abandoned for the most part, uh, even a book open on the on the table. All right, we'll 
turn it over, but Stanley, now realizing he has an audience, is going a little quicker. He's not taking as much time. Sure. Investigation roll, please. Uh, I already rolled it. It was 17. All right. So your search turns up. Um, again, you sort of flip through the books and don't find anything particularly interesting in these books. Ledgers and, again, books on real estate and money counting. Uh, on the table, though, is... Um, is uh, you know, as you do complete your physical inspection or your, your full thorough inspection, even though it's quick, you look around, see nothing of interest on the papers, contracts, things of that nature. Um, you do notice that etched in the table, as you sort of like take a look back and lean and have a look, um, you see the you see the words uh, iron etched into the table for some reason. All right. Stanley will make a note of that as well. Then make his way back across the hall. He says okay. something, but he just mutters it under his breath. Goes past everybody and goes into the next room to investigate <laughs> that one. Sure. All right. And this would be Brink's room, whoever that was. Uh, this room, there isn't much in it. As you look around, you see the standard papers and bookshelf, you know, ledgers and contracts, etc. Make your investigation roll if you're going to search here, too. Yeah, he does, but it's he's clearly speeding up. It's a 13. Like He's just mm. like, eh. Yeah, you look around and you see nothing of interest. This person kept their room fairly minimalist. Uh, there's a few ledgers. Not much paperwork. Nothing of interest. So Stanley will come back into the hall and go, okay, what I discovered with my searching was uh, it looks like Tungsten Wheel did work here worked as a teller so none of this seems to be offices for general staff um, so I think we're going to have to keep searching if we're going to find anything elsewhere so he did work here says Yun-Yun. Uh he did yes I found the, the papers for it there's visible relief in her eyes that you know, for the first time in many, many years, some sort of clue as to where he is has been made real. Why would an inventor do this? <laughs> well, if uh, if he was waiting for something or someone, maybe he needed uh, something to appear to be doing in the town to justify his being here. A cover story of some kind. Yes, that makes sense. He must have been stranded here and needed to earn to eat and to not be suspicious. Ah, like a great warrior working as a chef. And I'll advance this into the next room. Sounds sounds familiar. Hmm. All right. So as you move into this room, you see uh, this is just a large, gaudy area. It looks like it's a place meant for receiving, you know, exceptional clients who might make it to the back room. Otherwise, why would you decorate it so elaborately? Um, there's a dried-out fountain in the middle of the room. There's a large, gaudy statue of some sort of horned, you know, creature in the back. Um, definitely does not look welcoming, as you would expect in a place like a bank, but it looks artistic, so, you know. Um, you do see doors to the right and left. One of them is marked Staff, and the other is marked President. Is one of them marked dwarf sex? No? 
Okay. You say that out loud, or is that just Scott asking? That's just Scott asking. <laughs> no, Nash, Nash no doesn't ask things. There's a door named Dwarf Sex. Okay. Nash is running purely on instinct. He has nothing to say. <laughs> Don't read too much into the fact that Bo could not tell if your Scott Johnson's question... <laughs> was meant yeah. to be a legitimate question or a character with an intelligence of three questions. Yeah, I'm not going to take that as a, anything. I'll just pretend it's all good. Well, you're so good at RPing it, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so natural. All right. Okay. The president's uh, room, probably. Yeah, president's room. Well, I, oh, sorry, Nash wouldn't know. He's just following. All right, I will lead Stanley over to the president's room door, but I'm going to be careful not to step on this decorative center area. Mm-hmm. It's a dried out fountain very in the middle, but I know what you mean, the, the yellow ring around it. Yeah, yeah. And I will open the door again in sort of a off to the side way so Eldridge blasts may flow. You open up the door and you see that there is a larger Ah. office with bigger bookshelves. And right at your feet as you open the door, splooshing under the door is a yellow ooze. And it sort of jiggles a little bit and goes... Begins inching his way closer to to, to your feet. Stanley... I mean, if Varel moves out of the way, he's going to take a shot. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. You fire off an Eldritch Blast, and it seems that there's four of them that you notice in the room. Uh, you fire it off and clear the room of the yellow blobs. All right, with all them gone, Stanley will approach the door and go, Oh, should I take this one? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll help, Stanley. Uh, okay, the, hey, I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Stanley will go and start investigating the office with hope. All right. So what do you? What, there's, so there's two bookshelves and there's the desk basically in the room, and there's also a, a large globe. Uh, it's like a, a globe of like the celestial like firmament, basically. Uh, I'll start with the bookshelf, and then uh, hope we'll go to the other bookshelf. Okay. Uh, I will so walk y- up to Nash during this and be like, "Wait a minute." Three chairs, three slimes, one bed, one slime, one chair, one slime. Nash! Nash! And I'll grab him by the head and I'll look in his eyes. And I'll see if he's, if he's like got golden eyes or if he's turning into a slime. I want to inspect him to see if you know, there's three chairs in the president's room and there were three slimes. And there's one slime in the room with one chair. Did the people become slimes? All right, medicine check, please, Dr. Varel. All right, Dr. Varel's on the case. <laughs> Nine. Mm, 50-50. It could be, but maybe not. Oh, gee. Hard to know. Nash is screwed. Don, Nash, we need to get you a bowl. <laughs> That's a great reaction. Yeah. Stand, Always stand the right head. Yeah. Uh, so assistant. Manage yes, this yes. man. And I'm going to run back to the room with the with the bed in it. And I see there's a chest in here. And I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to bring it back. Respectfully, Varel. My, my charge. Uh, Stanley is my charge. 
It, are you not a member of the Heroes of the Waste? I am the Selelikun. I protect, or I am the Belelikun. I protect the Seleli Prime. Varel, unless Stanley tells her to do it directly, she's not going to do anything. Ah, so you shall be ignored then. I move, <laughs> and I go and grab the chest and bring it back out. No, what I, what I meant to say was I only know combat. I, I, I can't care for something in this way. You care for what? nothing? No, you, you twist my words. She looks indignant. I must attend to Nash, for he is slimifying, and I throw open the chest. Did, okay. Did Stanley go through this chest? Yeah, the chest in the sales break room? Yeah, I did. All the okay. linens got yeah. tossed out of it. So okay, cool. I, 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 I open it up, I open it, and I pick up Nash, and I put him inside. <laughs> 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 All right, so he takes the chest, puts it in the main room. Nash, you're now standing in a chest. Can I... Right. Is it sittable? Is that, how big is it? You could probably sit, squeeze yourself and sit into it with, like, with your knees up. I'm going to do that. All right. I'm going to instinctually okay. sit with my knees up. All right. You sit with your knees up. And, I, uh, I, I have an there. instinct to trust the lizard. He's part of my... He's as close to horsedom as possible, so I, <laughs> I'm going to okay. trust him. I understand. Yeah. All right. Let me know if you feel jiggly. I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley hears a commotion, but he is ignoring it. It doesn't sound like combat, so he's uh, he did a 22 on his investigation, so he is focused All right. on And what that. were you investigating, sorry? Uh, the, the, the two bookshelves on the, the table? Yeah, the bottom bookshelves. The bottom bookshelves. Okay. Um, there is a large uh, amount of ledgers in here, treaties on various financial transactions, um, books on business of mining and ore and maybe things that are of local interest to the industry. Um, you don't find anything particularly interesting. In fact, you would suspect that a lot of this here is just for show in the president's office. They don't, even though they're aged, they don't look particularly red, no creased corners or anything like that. Very pristine books otherwise. Okay. And, uh, Stanley will start making his way to the desk but kind of wait to see what hope turns okay, up yeah. on her yeah hope so you're investigating something too right you're gonna look at the bookshelf yeah i rolled a natural 20 oh nice well done so you flip through the the books and um again you get the same results as i, I explained to stanley where a lot of these books don't look red even though the pages are aged uh, you know various treaties on financial transactions and, and different um types of businesses and commodities um, but, you know, through your quick flipping of the books, you do notice that um, taped, like, not really taped, but like there's like a little, there's a little slip of paper in between two of the books. And as you sort of open it up, you see that, that the word um, plow is on the, oh, is written on the page. More dwarf porn. <laughs> really? <laughs> DP. I like to call it. Plow doesn't mean doesn't mean anything. And Stanley has a sheet of paper here. It's got the word plow on it. Alright. Well, put that with the others that we're keeping track of. Tapioca, iron, and plow have stood out. Interesting. Stanley will move over to the desk. Okay. We'll move over to the desk. 
Okay, so uh, make your investigation rolls, both of you, please. Uh, desk investigation is a 17. Okay, um, the desk... Uh, there's uh, not much in the desk, except there is a, a desk drawer with correspondence in it. And this looks like it's correspondence between the president, um, Pre- President Golka, and various um, community and business leaders concerning financial transactions, things of the nature. Can you have, you know, X amount of gold available by X date? Yes, the funds will be available, you know, things of that nature. Transactional communications with vice president, with leaders and presidents of the community here in the town of Burp, it seems like, and on Blast Belly Rock. Nothing of shocking significance, but interesting historical value, perhaps, if you were to be a historian of this town. Um, Hope, uh, make your roll. It was a nine. All right, so you see there's this globe uh, sort of sitting, and it's it's got this map of what appears to be, like, uh, space. And it has all these... Um, do you read Dwarven? Are you, do you speak Dwarven in your list of languages? Let me check that here really fast. Yeah. No. Yeah, so it has all these markings that you don't, you can't read throughout these spots of of, of space. Um, She'll call out. Does anyone know Dwarven? Nash will not respond. I guess that's a no. I will glare at what's her face. Union. Yes, Union. Mm-hmm. She looks back at you. She doesn't break your stare. I, I will make my eyes wider. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize we were having a stare off. Now this has gotten, you know, the predatory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Her, her face continues to stare yours down, too. She's not backing down. I'm trying really hard not to blink now. She gets caught up in this, too. <laughs> <laughs> and her body tenses up and she grabs her uh, her bow. Then I will raise an eyebrow, realizing I thought we were fighting for social dominance, not actually fighting. No, no, I mean, it's like she just grips her, her weapon. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's not, she's not she's unsheathing it to attack. She just, you know, her hand appears to grip her bow even stronger. Uh, might I request a, a constitution off? To hold our eyes open longest. Okay, let's do it. Let me get her shoe open. Bummer. I rolled a natural 20. Damn, I got a nine. <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I attempt to like bring up my tongue to try to lick my eye and fail and close my eyes. Yeah, her years ah. of training kick in. Uh, she is much older than you, so although maybe you don't know that, but she... She ma- maintains her ground and stares at you. Uh, and I give her a little nod and a little... Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Go Nothing back to watching is, Nash. Man, does the relationship it? dynamic change so heavily over just absolutely no words exchange. That's incredible. <laughs> uh, how so, big is the globe? Uh, the globe? It's about what you'd expect to find in an office, you know, like maybe two two X basketball. Okay. Would, like, it fit in a bag? Yeah. Would it fit in a bag of holding? Or is it too big for it? Possibly. How big is well, how big is the size of your bag of holding? I don't know. I kind of picture mouth? it like a 
I don't know, like a, a little bag. Like a It must say on the bag, bag of holding, no? Probably does. Actually, do I even have a bag of holding anymore? I don't know if I do. I might be thinking of somebody else. <laughs> Name Co. Gonna say, uh, I, keep, I keep doing that too. I used to, but I think it got disintegrated. Along with the oh, rest I'm of having body. a hard time finding your character because it's not Stanley anymore. Yeah, I don't have it. I don't have one. You don't have a bag of holding. Uh, no. Well, then I don't don't have an answer to your question. Yeah, so Stanley will just go. Well, I I don't think any of us can read it. We can bring it if you think it'd be useful. Just yeah. gotta tote it around. Maybe, but do you think somewhere in here they have like a translation book or something? Because maybe the words we've been finding plug in here. Oh, that could be. Um, well, let's keep looking around, and if we need to come back for it, we can. Well, a lot of what you found has been written in common, so it was legible. But the the the, the star chart is written in dwarven. And Stanley will move out of the room and just kind of stop seeing Nash crouched in a box. <laughs> And yeah. then he'll just kind of stare and then slowly inch to the side and just sort of move past everybody. Okay. We'll follow Stanley. <laughs> okay. Don't get behind so me. I'll kick you. That's one room do. you haven't been in yet. <laughs> and Varel seems busy with a stare off, so Stanley just moves to the door and opens it. He's, yeah, while he's busy with the stare-off, you just open the door. Um, you open up this room, and you see a series of eight tables with ledgers all looking abandoned on it, paperwork stacked on all of it, and then sort of like an ink and supplies um, table towards the back of the stone room. Um, there are also two blobs on the ground, which I assume you summarily Eldritch Blast. Blast them. All right, we blast them. So I started blasting. Uh, <laughs> So you blast the two there. Um, yeah, there's eight desks. Eight, like, not desks, but it's like they're architect tables or whatever. Like, they're raised up and they're leaning this way. And it's for people, it looks just a brief glance on all the papers. You see these are probably, like, active ledgers going on for transactions that were taking place maybe the day this place was abandoned or locked up or something of that nature. All right. Presumably one of these belonged to Tungsten. I think we should check it, see if we can find anything useful to what we're looking for, or at least maybe an idea of where Tungsten was staying or living, that we can continue our investigation there. Sounds good. All right. Stanley, we'll move so in one of and you start make, checking desks. All right. Stanley, um, make uh, an investigation roll, and you can help... By making a rule yourself, hope and letting him know for advantage for him because you're helping. It's a team effort this time. So, with advantage, it's a 23 for investigation. What's cool. your My roll? Result? Is a 14. Does that make it better, Stanley? Oh, sorry. I thought I misunderstood. I thought you said roll with advantage. Yeah, I was just get letting both participate. Total. Yeah. Um, so. Mine was a seven. My first roll then was a 17. Or a okay. 14. I'm sorry. 14 was my... So you both rolled 14. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's no advantage. <laughs> so oh, what, what was the... Mine was a 16. There was a plus two that I didn't add. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I know. I just wanted the base roll. It was basically you were helping, so you're giving Stanley advantage. I just thought it'd be fun if you both rolled the dice, but I made it really confusing by the way I worded it, I suppose. <laughs> it's like you both roll for advantage. Uh, anyways. Um, yeah, so you look through the desks, and you're able to quickly spot Tungsten's desk. It's the one on the uh, right side towards the, the wall. And... Um, the reason you're able to discover this is because you see that like one of the ledgers is signed uh, Tungsten Wheel. It's kind of hard to make out, but you're fairly certain that's Tungsten's signature and this is Tungsten's desk you're looking at. That you can see. So investigating uh, the desk, you pull out, you open up the drawers and you notice that there is a uh, just off to the, the right side, stuck in the corner, there's a little key. Uh, in the desk. There's just some papers, ledgers. Looks like paperwork. There's no personal notes or anything um, of interest that would answer any questions, but you do find a key. Um, just a tiny little key. Think about that big. Alright. I'll take the key. I uh, found this small key in the desk. No idea what it goes to. Don't see anything else of particular interest in there. I guess the only question is, does the key go to somewhere in this building or somewhere else? Well, I guess once we finish looking, we'll know. All right, well, I'll go ahead and, you know, do a cursory glance over the rest of the room for anything of interest. But having checked what he came here to check, Stanley's not going too, too deep on looking. Yeah, you don't see anything else in this room. This looks like this is where paper ledger work was conducted. You look through all the drawers, look through all the paper. It looks like boring-ass paperwork. Maybe a few personal notes about inconsequential things. That's about it. So Stanley will come out and let everybody know, well, I didn't exactly turn up any new information. Uh, There was this key in Tungsten's desk, though. Not entirely sure what it might go to, uh... If it's something here, or maybe where he was staying, I don't know. Maybe we should look for any sort of keyhole. Union approaches, and she says, Silele Prime, may I examine the key? Sure. She's mm, she looks. She looks at the key. She looks at it. Don't trust her. Does Nash wish with From his chest? From his chest, all crouched in. Definitely not him. Okay. Because if he did, that would be like a serious, like, uh, it would be like awesome. don't get on the plane sort of moment for Pharrell. Like, what? What, what was that now? <laughs> <laughs> Final destination six. That's it? She just looks at it? No, she's looking at it, yeah. She doesn't oh, immediately okay. give okay. you information. Or say I have anything to say. Well, she finally offers. Was there any other doors in this place? She looks around. This is a bank. I've heard tales of banks. They keep their fortunes locked away in a vault. Where's the vault? That's a fine question. That's a good bit of investigating. Uh, Let's see if we can find it. She gives the key back to you. Perhaps knowing my uncle, if 
there was something important to hide, perhaps he hid it in a safety deposit box. Hmm? This is a bank. Alright, let's all spread out and look and see if we can find any sort of vault, any sort of uh, keyhole where this key might go. Stanley will slowly... All right, so who's, who's, who's participating? <laughs> Stanley starts to walk away, stops, turns to make sure other people are actually doing stuff, and then walks a little further and then looks again. All right. Union stays with you, Stanley. Let's check in the other, the opposite side to Stanley. I'll go right. as well. So you're just checking the room that you're in? Anyone going to any other rooms? I'm going to peer very gingerly into the center fountain. Okay. Hope, what are you going to examine? The right side wall for anything right. that looks out of place. Stanley, I guess that makes it the left side wall for you? Yeah, and also the statue. Statue okay. seems so out of place. Stanley definitely wants to examine the statue. Nash, what are you examining? The box I'm in. So I'm just sort of okay. looking around Every, it. So everyone roll investigation rolls, please. I love that Nash is, is a... It's an intelligence check. I want to know what he gets. So uh, I got a six. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Is it even with your minus four. Well, no, oh, it's... Uh, oh, yeah, it is with minus four. I, yeah. So ten I minus got six. a one, so it's better than hopes. Oh, jeez. Thirteen. <laughs> Fourteen. <laughs> All right. Let's start with uh, the lowest first, Hope. You're really having a hard time with this investigation. This is really boring. Uh, you, um, you're, you don't find anything. You just look at the wall and stare and just start. You're starting to hate this big time. Um, the next lowest was Nash. Nash, you examine your chest uh, and you look around and you actually see etched on the inside of the chest. Uh, I love Gimli. In the side of the chest. <laughs> How very improvisational of you. Okay. It's in the chest. Okay. It's, been in the it's chest. made real. Yeah. It's now there. It's there. It's something, it's something that your brain has processed. Yeah. Nash's brain, that is. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. Frodinger's dwarfs. <laughs> <laughs> um, next up is Varel. Varel, you uh, took a serious attempt to look around into the fountain. I mean, it's a stone fountain. It's derived of water. It looks dirty at this point, and who knows if it would ever work again. Well, it remains suspicious to you. There's nothing hostile uh, or, or evil about it. Okay. Now, Stanley, you examine the wall and find nothing. Uh, what you about have the- a look at the statue, yeah. and the statue is on um, <clears throat> sort of the stone base. And the stone base is sort of suspiciously floating, you know, maybe a few inches off the ground. And you sort of peer underneath to take a look, and you you see that there appears to be, uh, you think, some kind of stone gear. As you sort of, with your dark light look in, you can kind of see there's this mechanical operation underneath the flooring of, of the statue. Stanley will kind of call out to everyone. It looks like this statue uh, can be moved somehow. Uh, As you say that, um, 
a news you hadn't spotted before sort of creeps around the undercarriage of the stone tablet and latches itself onto your face while you're looking. Make a dexterity saving throw, please. Bye. <laughs> a 17. Okay. It latches onto your face. And now you have to make a constitution saving throw as you, you sort of try to pull out, but it's latched on. So like this big spaghetti string, you see Stanley going, wah, as, as he tries to pull his face out from underneath. Constitution save is a 13. Okay. Um, uh oh. Your wisdom is now three. Oh, no. As is oh, roop, that's roop, a roop, wisdom then, roll. Okay, I rolled a yeah. perfect wisdom score before I lost it forever. <laughs> so just do the override. Do the override. Yeah. Don't. Uh, your it. wisdom now hits three. Uh, and suddenly. The, the, the blob sort of floats up and begins, grows these like little blobby oozy wings and starts flapping and floating up into the air. What's his bodyguard doing? Oh, his bodyguard. Yeah, she really just, dropped the just, ball. Just on realizing this it. All right, let's put on, let's, uh, <laughs> let's go into, do you want to start combat? I guess. <laughs> It begins floating up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? All right. Everyone gets a turn before it because um, it's had its move. Uh, so if you want to roll initiative for it, that's great. If not, uh, Stanley, you can react first if you wish. Since yeah, blast it. Okay. So you started blasting. Yeah, start blasting. Okay, make your attack roll. Uh, 16 to hit. For Oh, wait, no, that's not true. Hold on. I rolled the wrong thing. Blasting. That's it. 28 to hit. All right. You definitely blast it. You don't need to roll damage. These guys don't have a big hit pool. So health pool. So you, you sort of you get something changes in your head and then you react immediately and sort of blast it out of the sky and uh, it explodes in a giant mist of white before it even has, has a chance to taunt you with its stolen wisdom. Stanley will get up. Okay, those oozes definitely did something. I feel are, really, really off. Are you okay? And Union steps by your side. Perhaps you should have a seat for a moment. I don't... I don't know. Uh, Stanley will go over and kind of sit down. I should have checked every crevice. Please sit down over here. And then she begins going around, and, and she starts moving about the room quickly, looking for any other potential crevices that might have it, including circling around underneath the dais. Stanley just kind of sits there. Like he's trying to remember something he can't quite grasp. You are as wise as a shrieker, a screaming fungus. <laughs> <laughs> you're still intelligent, but you lack wisdom. So if, you're, if you have an idea like, let's set my own clothes on fire... You won't have the wisdom to realize, perhaps, that it's not a good long-term idea because you won't have clothes. So the intelligence yeah. to know how to do it, just that it's a bad idea to do yeah. it would be the wisdom. He just lacks wisdom. So if he's like, you know, I'll just steal, even though stealing's bad for your reputation, be like, whatever. I don't, you know, See, you, that's interesting because my horse state... I want something. I'll take it. In my horse state, I would be afraid of fire, but I wouldn't know how to start it. That's good. See, we're just flipped of each other, John. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, your yeah. perception's been hurt. It's it's all bad. Yep. 
Although I still have a plus six in perception, even with this. That's insane. Yeah, well, you have a lot of good natural abilities. Union says, you mentioned something about under, under seeing something under there, Stan, uh, Selele? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, there's, uh, there's a thing under there, I think. A thing? <laughs> yeah, I saw the the um, the mechanism uh, under there. It's uh, it looks like the thing can probably move easily. So perhaps there's a lever. Yeah, that would make yeah that would make sense. She turns around, and looks at everyone. Can we find this button or lever? Uh, Stanley yeah. looks straight up. Starts looking around at the ceiling. Okay. So you look straight up. You see ceiling. <laughs> Nash is in his chest, sitting, hanging out, and Varel and Hope are kind of looking around. Hope will go check out that globe again. Maybe there's a keyhole in there. She didn't check for a keyhole. And then if there isn't, she's going to try and break the top off. <laughs> okay. You said... You said right. uh, the, the, it's on like a floating platform, right? It floats like about an, a, like an inch or two off the ground, right? So Stanley yeah. looked underneath and saw that there was mechanics under there. Like stone, yeah. stone gear. Alright. I... Basically, the teacher has called for uh, answers, and I'm just, like, not making eye contact. You know, I'm just... I'm fully aware that I'm the one to push this floaty, heavy object. But but there's slimes under there, and I don't want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, no, sir. All right, so then we'll follow Hope. Hope, you make your way with purpose now, realizing that uh, Nash and Stanley have both become incapacitated due to these little oozes. And that you're going to have to take over the alpha uh, of the group soon. Pharrell's being a bit cowardly about the oozes as well. Um, you move into the room, reach the globe, and you want to examine it again. So maybe a reinvestigate. Maybe. She's, she's going to look all over. You said you were going to look before smashing, there. right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's do a reinvestigate. <laughs> it's a seven. Okay. <laughs> worse than last time. She just All wants right. to crush it. So you really just like look at it and you turn it around and you're like, what secrets does this globe behold? And it's secrets elude you. It's just a globe, but you know, something is up with this thing. Uh, but you just don't have the answer. Having uh, ruled out the ceiling. Stanley goes, all right, hold on. Let's think about this logically here. We know the statue needs to move. There's got to be a mechanism. Obviously, the slime was guarding it. Stanley lays down on the ground and starts trying to shove his hand under the statue. Just feeling around. Hope will call from the office. Burrell! All right, so you stick your hand underneath and start feeling around. Do you want to do an investigation roll? Yeah, why not? Okay. Seven. All right. You feel that there are gears under there. All right. And I feel 
that there are there ge- gears oh. under here. <laughs> They're made out of stone. Maybe I um, just maybe you just lift it. Stanley stands up and starts trying to lift the statue. Is that a serious effort? Yeah. Yeah, make a strength uh, check, please. Athletics. An eleven. Uh, you go to try and lift this thing. It is extremely heavy, and you throw out your back. A large twist happens in your back, and you go, Uh, you take... That's bad. You take nine points of back damage, back strain <laughs> damage. And you're now, um, what's the stat? You're now, like, you're going to have back pain. You have a you have back pain status. Stanley is now laying on the floor in front of the statue. This is accurate, by the way. Hands still <laughs> outstretched, touching it, just laying there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Hope yells out to Varel from the room. Then go help Hope. Uh, and I leave. Okay. All right. So Hope is looking at this globe she has in her hand. She looks like she's about ready to destroy it. Varel, do you think you can open this thing? Does it open? I don't know. Smash it or something. You're good at that. What if it's full of oozes? Then we'll kill them. You can throw it away from us. Oh, excellent. (laughs) I pick it up and I toss it at a wall. The far wall. Athletics check. All right. Heave. 16. So the globe is attached to a base. Are you going to rip the base from the globe, or are you throwing the entire thing? No, the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. The whole, the whole kit? All right, so you throw it all the way out, and as you lift it off the ground, there's a large string attached to it in the base that seems to run into the stone, and you, you, you lift it up, and you rip it from, from the, uh, you rip the, because you're not even paying attention, you rip the wire from the, the base, or whatever, the string from the base, and throw it on the wall. And as it hits the wall, it smashes into a zillion pieces of whatever sort of... It's made of kind of like this uh, wood, this thin wood substance. So it just sort of smashes. But uh, the string um, is snapped. And so there's a string lying on the ground connecting to a hole in the ground. Uh, nothing of interest comes out of from inside of this globe. Let's pull the string, Varel. Okay. And I will take the string back some ways in case the ooze crawls up the string, and I will begin to feed it towards me. Okay. So you feel a little, like, click as you start pulling it. Like, it's about to click. You sort of stop before it full clicks. Oh. Like, you feel this extra sense of tension in the string. Hold on. And I'll go back to the main room, and I'll see Nash in his box. I'll walk around him, and I'll go see Stanley. Stanley is still holding onto the bottom of the statue, face pressed against the ground. Yeah, what's going on, Varel? No hands under the thing. We found a button string, and I fear that it'll land on your hands and maim your beautiful hands. Oh, that makes sense. All right, well, you try it. As soon as my back feels better, I'm going to try and lift this statue again. Did you get hit by... No. Stanley's always been this week. And I leave and go back to home. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You can go back into the president's office with the smashed globe, and you see the string lying along the ground. All right. I give it a yank. And you give it a yank, and you hear a loud click in the wall, and you hear... (sighs) 
of stone brushing against stone. And in the main room, uh, Stanley and Nash, you see the, the, the statue begin to move. To the center of the room. And like the um, the fountain sort of folds inside uh, at a visible range. And the, the, the statue moves to the center of the room and a stairwell appears from where the statue was originally uh, place the stairwell below. Nice. And uh, with that discovery, I think we're at our midway point. So why don't we take a break and recover from all the ooze, uh, the ooze hangover we have, and we can move into the next uh, room. I think that's a great idea. Bank of burp. All right, everybody, go take ten, pee, eat, whatever it is you're doing. And when we pee come back, <laughs> yeah, pee and eat. And when we come <laughs> back, there'll be more. So stick around. We'll be right back. the second uh, half of the thing and all right here we go we're back at it and we throw it back to Bo who will pick up where we left off Bo hi all right so uh, we return in the bank of burp having just opened a stairwell to a basement floor of this bank Nash Maggard of the solar mines is sitting in a chest looking at the inside of the chest uh, with great interest Stanley's sitting in the corner trying to remember something he's forgotten while his charge union looks over him with concern. Uh, Varel has just smashed a globe against the wall and pulled a string in the floor, opening the stairwell to the next floor and hope, uh, well, she's angry. <laughs> she, <laughs> she just has this angry energy about her that's developed uh, during her time in this bank. Um, now, union had suggested perhaps that the bank should have a vault so perhaps the stairwell leads to such a place. And there is well, one living slime there. Or did that slime die? Oh, that slime died. Yeah, okay. that's the slime that got. That's the one that got him. That, right. That's the one that got Stanley in the face because his perception roll was only fifteen. He missed one. Got it. Uh, Stanley is going to. He tries to move, but his back really, really hurts. He goes. Oh, that's oh, right. The, <laughs> This is this is unacceptable, and he's going to cast Healing Word on himself. All right, and recover. Oh, exactly nine hit points. You recover your hit points, and you clear your back pain status, and you feel limber again. Much nicer. Stanley stands up. All right. Well, we found the stairway. That's all we need, and Stanley starts marching down the stairs immediately. Stanley, caution. Varel, he's been hit by one of those things. We gotta back him up. Oh, Stanley, get in the box with Nash. No, there's no need for that. Let's just see what's down here. We got it. We got a job. We got to do it. Stanley's just walking down the what, stairs. What did it take? Hey, from Stanley, him? could you wait for us? Sure. Stanley stops and just hurry up, though. We gotta go. All right, we'll be down soon. All right, so who's going down? I got Hope, Varel, Stanley, Union will be going. <laughs> Am I staying yeah. up here in the box? Just up here Are you landing? staying in the box? I mean, the question. I don't know. I would stay there until Varel did different. Okay, did, the, so did the statue run him over? Is he okay? Yeah, the statue looks like it's crushed him. What <laughs> yeah, happened here? Yeah, the statue's pushed him. Like it's it wasn't a violent opening, so it's just <laughs> as the statue moved south, uh, it hit Nash's box and just pushed him slowly across the floor till it stopped. <laughs> All right. I'd be pretty freaked out by that, but I, <laughs> but I wouldn't move unless. Uh, <laughs> he looks like a concerned horse at this point. Like, 
I would be waiting for stand or uh, wait for the, the lady. He's watching it the way the the lady in Fargo looks when she sees the burglars outside of her house. Just this like <laughs> flight alarm, but not going to move or do anything. Yeah. Just, oh no, Blundergard lady, oh, yeah. pushed away. Yeah, I would be. I would be pretty freaked. Are you staying in your box? Uh, Unless I hear something from the lizard. Yep, lizard. All right, I will inspect Nash with uh, another medicine, if possible, to see if he's progressed. Do it. Six. Killing His it. condition remains the same. It could go either way. Jeez. <laughs> Killing it. <laughs> Amazing rolls. So, okay. Varel, just grab Nash and let's go. You have a rope? My rope's on the door. Right. Um... Here, and I'll go and um, there's the string I was pulling to pull the, the thing. Yeah. I'll, I'll take my my blade and I'll cut it so I, I get the string. All right, you've got some string. Excellent. I'll tie it a, a little a, around Nash's neck lightly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you make a collar for right. neck, Nash? Yeah. Okay, Nash is now wearing a collar and you have a leash for him. Great. Come on, Come on Nash. <laughs> so I'll, I'll hesitate at first, but I'll rise out of the box. I'll get his meaning and follow okay <laughs> he's now drawing you along with the leash yeah all right so we're all going down then yeah all right so the a gr- a party groups up at the top of the stairwell and moves down to the second floor let's make sure everything's ready for you guys okay i am updating the map i may not see anything for a second all right, so as you proceed down the stairs, uh, this is a dark and musty room. Thankfully, you still have the vegetable peeling attached to your forehead, Nash. Yeah. Um, as well as uh, Varel's, you know, sword, his uh, flame sword is, is illuminating the room. Um, you move down uh, the stairwell into the main area. I just got to get Union's token one second. And... Um, in this room, you see it's uh, about the same size. Like you know, it it matches the 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 width of what was above. Um, you notice that there are all these like caged off rooms on the left and right with various boxes and and sacks, looking decrepit and old. Um, you see again another statue, just like the one you saw above in the center of the room. And towards the back of the room, you see a large safe vault door. Um, now, as you descend the stairs and begin to look around, um, there's immediately a voice that echoes out through throughout the room. Intruder detected. Deploy countermeasures. And the um, stairwell from whence you came, there's this flash. Whooshing, and then this yellow energy field covers the stairwell from where you came from. And uh, in front of you, the stone statue begins to move. You hear the sound of stone moving. Um, uh, Stan- Stanley, what were the what were the words? Uh, we're not intruders. The words are tapioca iron plow. Is the password we're allowed to be here? Okay. The statue turns around facing you, and its eyes glow red, and you hear processing vocal response. Passphrase accepted. Welcome, President Golka. And then a little, there's a little puff, a little hiss, as you notice some sort of green cloud come out of little tubes down at the bottom of the floor, but then shuts off immediately. 
Stanley turns and looks at Hope. <laughs> it thinks I'm President Golka. Good job. Uh, and you notice, as you say the passphrases, the the safe, the vault door towards the back, this large metal door um, with circles in it, uh, they begin to open slowly. You hear the sound of, again, of metal on stone. As the back area opens up and reveals a second room towards the back. Ooh, look what's in there. Mmm. That's cool. Well, this is great. We should definitely investigate all of this. And Stanley will just start marching towards the vault that opened up. Okay, yeah. so you start beelining your way towards it. Now, you, you notice your way is barred by a metal grate. Oh. And, and, and there's, a, there's a door there. It appears to be locked with the traditional key. Stanley has the, has the key. Does it fit? That key is too small. This one apparently would take a larger key to get through. Oh, well, this is no problem. Stanley's going to cast Dimension Door and teleport to the other side. Stan, he needs a rope. He's going to just keep marching forward. All right, you keep marching forward, and as you get to that room, you notice that this room is hexagonal in shape. There's a large chest at the center of it, uh, very ornate, and it's made out of a, sort of a glowing yellow stone. It seems to be stone. Um, and it's responsible for much of the light in this room. Along the walls as well, you see a, a long row all along of safety deposit boxes. So are they numbered in any way? Uh, yeah, they're numbered 1 through 1,000. Is there Something a number like on my key at all? Uh, you examine the key a second time and you see the number 724. Excellent. Stanley will go over to 724 and unlock it. All right, so you sort of scan and look around, and you, you seven, it's all in numerical order. You see 724. You take the key that you found in Tungsten Wheel's desk and put it in, and click. It opens. And this little sort of uh, panel opens up, and you're able to pull the box out. Excellent. Easy. Stanley tucks it under his arm, looks at the center thing. Is it like a, is it like a solid slab, or is it like a chest? Well, it looks like a chest, but it's made of stone. Is it locked? Um, you don't see any place where a key or anything obvious would go into it. All right, Stanley tries to open it. All right, uh, you, you lift the, the stone lid, and it's quite heavy, but not locked. And you open it up, and you see that it is full of gold pieces. Excellent. And gems. Stanley just starts shuffling as much as he can into his bag. Yeah, there, there's about, you know, I want to say 300 pounds worth of gold in here. It's hard to know exactly how much. It's quite heavy. Um, you'll Stanley would go until he could barely lift the bag. Right. So your encumbrance, I believe, is 15 times your strength, if I'm not mistaken. I'm so. currently carrying 19 pounds, according to this. Um, and I can carry, I thought it told us how much we could carry. What looks like, it looks like strength is 10. Yeah. I thought you're unencumbered. It'll tell Carrying you when capacity is 150 pounds, 150 pounds. All right. So I don't know how much gold weighs. Um, I guess I just do an experiment here. I mean, you can ask. Maybe Google knows what 150 pound gold. Oh pieces. yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't do that. Um, okay, 
I added a bunch of money to your thing and it didn't do anything <laughs> weight wise. Oh, so. I think I can turn that on though. Actually, hold on, hold on. Character settings. Uh, oh, coins not counting. Total weight carry. Fifty coins yeah. weigh one pound. Okay, uh, fifty so coins. You, so your what's your total weight availability? One ninety. So hold on. Let's. Uh, I need my calculator for this because this is too too advanced for me. Okay, so. I have a carrying capacity of 150 pounds minus the 19 pounds that I'm already carrying, which means I can carry 131 pounds. So, and it's 50 coins? 50 coins per pound. So you can carry 6,550 coins and uh, worth of coins. Okay, so, uh, yeah. Without being encumbered, I think you can still be encumbered, but you would just suffer disadvantages at that point. Well, you know, Stanley's not wise, so he's not worried about the encumbrance. So uh, let's. Okay, why don't you take it all? There's about uh, there's thirteen thousand three hundred and sixty-five worth of gold and gems in there, uh, and you would then be encumbered, which I forget exactly what the encumbered status does. I know what it does. It makes you find the cheats online and put it in the console thing, so you <laughs> never have to worry about it again. Skyrim style. Um, okay, how much am I putting in my gold then? Uh, one thousand or thirteen thousand three hundred sixty-five worth of gold and gems. Now it's going to take you like a good five ten minutes to scoop everything into right, your pockets yeah. and things. Stanley's so. going to start scooping. Do you have enough them. pockets to really put it in? I don't like you're going to have to stuff it in your pants and tie. He your has pants a backpack them. and a component pouch and pockets, I would assume. Okay. So if we want to get this in, you're not going to be able to take it all physically, but probably grab most. Oh, of you it. know what? I was way off on how much I'm, I'm carrying. So, yeah. uh, I was splitting it up between what I was carrying on my body versus my backpack. It was splitting it. So I'm already carrying almost 100 pounds. Oh. Encumber. I can't find the rules on encumbrance. Like, looking it up here. Needless to say, there's more there than you can carry. Like, just that you have physical space for. There's more gold in that chest than you have pockets. You're going to need your teammates. Okay. Let's say I grab about 7,000 gold. That should easily put me encumbered, right? Yeah. It's more just the space, right? So you're to carry this 7,000 gold, you've got to put it in every pocket. Like, you'll probably be walking and dropping coins behind you as you go, basically. Okay. Well, you he's going to try for carry. the whole thing, and you tell me how much I walk away with, okay? All right. No, you can... Let's say you can try for the whole thing but you have to put it like in your hood and like your sleeves and like you have to get creative <laughs> okay yeah on your yeah body. we're like, doing it you put it in your underwear wrapping the cloak around and holding it into i mean you lack wisdom so you would yeah. you would try this right like that's what yeah, we're going for absolutely. you have to put some in your boots yeah okay so the rest of the party just watches you as you stuff your boots pants and every possible pocket you have with gold pieces and gems you look you look a lot more rotund than you did previously. And it was thirteen thousand what? Sorry. Uh, sorry, thirteen thousand three hundred sixty-five gold pieces. Three hundred sixty-five. Got it. Okay. Yeah, and, and that might are, not be that full amount. Okay, yeah. So that you, puts me. Your speed is at least halved. <laughs> like, so you like walking is also effort. You're like, Ugh. 
<laughs> I'm carrying 267 pounds of coins. Yeah. So Stanley, you guys can sort of see Stanley at the because it's lit at the end of the the hallway. I'm not even seeing it in my DM screen. But it's quite a it's quite a bit of gold. So you you you, you like your movement is encumbered and it's difficult and, and everything else. So you'll probably receive penalties if you're to enter combat with all this stuff on you. You've stuffed it in every sleeve, nook and cranny that you have. And you are dropping coins as you go, like just little tink, tink, tink <laughs> behind you, a little trail yep. of coins. And you return to the party through the door and they see you there. And they see you. Does the door open or do push. I have to teleport again? You'll have to teleport again. Okay, good. I do. All right, so you teleport a second time using Dimension Door, and some coins sort of splash out, both on <laughs> bamfing out and bamfing in. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving this trail of coins. All right, I got the lockbox, and uh, I found some money, and I think we're, uh, we're good to go. Okay. Varel, I'm excited to tell you I'm going to be able to pay you back. It was rude of me to offer money I didn't have earlier, and now I can pay you back. Here, take what I owe you. This money is cursed. No. No? No, look, we're not even being attacked for being here. The statue said we could. Here, here. Stanley starts fishing out a couple coins from various <laughs> places and handing it to Varel. Here. And as you do that, you drop you drop pieces on the here. ground. They sort of splash all over the place. Here, have some. Nash, do you want some money? I'll just. I look. have a. I found some. I'll look at him like a horse and not know what he means. Here. Stanley will go over to Nash. And kind of force cup his hands as much as he can with only one hand and drop some money into it. Hope, how are you doing on money? Do you need some? I found some. Uh, I'm doing fine, but uh, if you want to split it so you're not so heavy with it, we can do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Here, everybody open up your packs. We need to... This is too much for me just alone. It's hurting my back. I might have to cast healing word again to help. And Stanley will start <laughs> fumbling for people's pockets and stuff to hand money out. Yeah, he'll just he'll take Nash's pocket, open it, and then he just opens a sleeve and <laughs> dumps out money out of his sleeve. Watching open this. her pack. I'm just watching this with full like curb your enthusiasm, just like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Do you take any money for yourself, Pharrell? No, I think this all this money's cursed with ooze draining powers. Varel, okay. this is this is a good amount of money. We might be able to just ask the principal, uh, pay him off. Say, don't do what you're doing. We'll give you gold. What? Uh, I'm not sure what happened to you, Stanley, but you're missing an important part of your deduction. Okay. What's in the lockbox as Hope's shoveling some money into her backpack? Oh, I didn't check. I started grabbing gold and it, I didn't have an opportunity to look through it. Here, it's tucked under an arm. I can't really get to it. If you want to just pull it out of my wing there, you can you can get it. Hope grabs it. Varel, did you want to open it or should I? I don't know what's in that box either. I'll open it. Where's the key? 
Oh, it's yeah. uh, it open. It's 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 back there. I left it. He's already opened it with the key, so you can just open it, no problem. Oh, cool. All right, hope we'll open it. All right, you open it up, and uh, Union steps by your side to look in very curiously. And um, you see a rolled-up parchment, and you take the parchment out and roll it, and you see what appear to be uh, navigation coordinates that you could use upon the ship. Where they go, what they're for, you don't know, but uh, if this is Tungsten's safety deposit box perhaps this is the clue as to his whereabouts after having left here without any explanation is that all that's in there a piece of paper yeah it's got the coordinates excellent I can fill this box with more coins and carry it easier (laughs) and Stanley starts pouring some of the loose coins into the box perfect perfect so do you want to split up the total three ways Uh, how much does everyone want of Stanley's money Evenly three ways. <laughs> the new game show. <laughs> Stanley's money. <laughs> well, I'm, st- I'm still standing there with money in my hands, and I don't know why. So, <laughs> Nash is just still hands cupped with a rope around his neck to yep. <laughs> tries munching on the coins. <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at the lizard because he's the only one that seems to understand me, or you know, kind of seems like someone who can help me. So, I just stand there. Yeah, I mean, okay. let's let's split it because, look, you know, my windfall is your windfall. I want us all to feel good about this trip, that it was worthwhile. And, uh, you know, it's also going to be a lot easier for me to carry if you all take some. Yeah. So accounting for the adjusted amount that Stanley's dropped along the way... There's now 12,968 left. If we divide that by three, the three of you each get 4,322 pieces of gold. So your packs are going to be full and you'll have to put it, everyone will have to put some in every pocket in order to take all of it. Hey, that does make me unencumbered though. 4,322. Yeah. You may still run the risk of splashing it around uh, if you get into any sort of excitement. Don't. At least don't touch it. There's a chest upstairs that Nash was Oh, that's right. In. The chest. Yeah, we could do that. Let's go uh, let's go do that. Stanley looks at the stairs, thinks about how burdened he is by the gold and casts Dimension Door to appear on the floor up above right next to the box. Oh, convenient. <laughs> right, as he baps out, gold sort of splashes around. <laughs> and you just hear from up top Grab what drops. <laughs> uh, Union uh, 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 takes the direction seriously and begins picking up the gold coins and putting them into like uh, a pocket that she might have, and she brings them upstairs to you. The force field is gone from the door. Uh, she moves up and she begins loading it. Does everyone else bring their share to to the? Yeah. I go where the rope pulls me. All right. So Varel. Oh well. I don't know where. So, hope you head upstairs and start helping. Uh, Varel, you're still standing downstairs with Nash on a rope. Come on, boy. (laughs) I'll shuffle along with him. All right, you shuffle along, go upstairs, and let's say everyone empties out uh, their their gold into the coffers to be split up later when it's easier to do. So, someone's got to carry this heavy ass uh, chest, though. Who will it be? Varel, we've put it in the chest. It's in a easy to carry box for you. 
I think you should carry it. I can guide Nash if you need. If you're worried about holding the rope, I can hold. Him. Oh yeah, have the wisdomless guy lead around the intelligenceless guy. That's a great idea. Oh, actually, maybe we'll. I can't. Maybe we'll. Um, uh, what's the word? We'll, we'll erase each other's problems and become the perfect single being. Yeah, I'm sure that's how it'll work out. Yeah. Not the other Convergence. way. Convergence. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with you. But you can do this. And I pass you Nash's rope. And I pick up the chest. Can I lift it all? Yeah, yeah, you uh, you can lift it. You uh, have great strength compared to your comrades. And you lift the chest and it's heavy. You're going to have to put it down if you want to do anything else. But, uh, you know, it's also no problem. Okay, I'll start. I'll start out with the chest then. Now, okay. as we leave, we might have to worry about those dogs. Maybe they went home. Stanley starts pulling on the <laughs> Nash rope a little bit. That sounds like a lack of wisdom right there. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> Stanley just proceeds to leave with Nash on the rope. All right, okay. Union follows, and Varel and Hope, you're left behind, or do you follow along? All right, Hope, we're the only sane ones left. I'll pick up one handle, you get the other? That would allow us to use our other hands, Yes. Hope nods. She's she doesn't have much faith in her and Varel leading the group, but you know, <laughs> together they each have one hand free now, so it's much better. And as as we walk down the hall, you know, the last time we made decisions for the group, you went away for a long time and became a beacon of evil. Uh, yeah. Uh, I thought it was gonna work out better. I did too. I thought yeah. the glove was the hand. Yeah, I thought so too. But I'm glad you didn't put on the glove. It would have controlled you, Varel. I tried. Okay. Well, this pleasant conversation happens as you exit outside the the bank and you make your way to the like the tri road. Um do you want to go straight back to the wet whistle or are you looking to explore any other parts of burp? We've got the coordinates. Perfect. So the party then uh, begins walking down the road back towards the entrance and wharfs of blast belly rock. Um, as you make your way down the road, uh, you, you know, remember this environment, it's dilapidated housing. Everything's dark. Now you do have your light, your vegetable light, Nash, on your forehead. And I assume the flame sword is still out. But apart from that, it's dark. And, and the howling of the rock dogs seems to have ceased. So you just hear the wind blowing. And you're on this village on a platform pasted next to an asteroid floating out in space. So it's just a starry night above the sky. Um, you make your way down the road and um, can I get uh, perception rolls from everyone, please? Yarp. 13 for Stanley. 15. Uh, 13 for Nash. Okay. Nine. <laughs> All right. 
Um, so as you begin walking, Stanley and Varel, or as you begin walking, you walk for a period uh, to move down the road for maybe about a few moments, and then something doesn't feel right about the environment. You get the sense that you're not alone. That hostile intent is around. Stanley goes upright and goes, Hey now, I'm sensing hostile intent. <laughs> and I must warn you, it will not be tolerated. It's the best he's ever done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did it for L style. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> 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 now, um, you say that out to the open air, and then there's this feeling of stillness. All right. Scared him off. Stanley starts walking forward some more. All right, you begin walking forward more, and the rest of the party follows, cautious, looking around. And then you see in the darkness ahead of you figures moving in your direction on the road from the wet whistle. Seems to be quite a few of them. Mm. And then as those figures begin uh, making themselves manifest towards the light, figures on the rooftops on the left and right side begin emerging. And you hear a voice yell out, Halt there, meat bags! And then in the light, large green figures with masks, like these copper helmets covering their eyes, move into view. Large green and brown skins move forward three abreast down the road. And uh, if we refer to roll 20, you'll see here we'll have a, a map as orcs begin moving in to your location. Oh, and the lead one steps forward and has um, the head of a dwarf in his hand by the hair. And he says, Stop where you are, or you'll suffer a fate like this one. We are the marauders of the Green Vale, and we declare this rock as our new base. Kneel before your new masters, puppets, say the orcs. The orc leader, that is, not all the orcs in unison. Oh, it, this is your base now. That's fine. We're leaving. It's no problem. You can have it. He looks to his orcs. How will this fleshling leave? <laughs> when what boat? Oh, we have a ship down at the docks. It's a nice one, actually. Oh, shit. In the name of Grom, I declare this boat to belong to the marauders of the Green Vale. Us. He throws the head on the ground. And you will be our new meat puppets. Well, you know, nobody can say that I didn't try and warn them. And Stanley will pull the axe, the guitar off of his back and go, allow me to regale you with a welcome song. And he'll strum it and cast fireball on the largest gathering of orcs right in the dead center of it. Okay, so we got to do initiative. So you you're moved to make combat, but you will get the first turn because... A guitar doesn't seem like a likely battle item, so you will get the advantage of the first act uh, on this round. Everyone roll initiative as the or as the orc leader points to you and says, Charge! Say Ten. 20 for Stanley. 10 for me. 17. 
17. Sorry, 20 for Stanley, 17 for Hope. 20. Yeah. All right, so Varal and Stanley, you have the same role, so you can decide which among the two of you will go first on any given Please round. Please fireball away. <laughs> okay. Yes, these, these orcs immediately appear, and they begin rushing. Stanley, you get your first move, so hop to it. All right. Uh, I think I'm going to drop it right in the middle of this concentration. Hit all these guys mm-hmm. um, with the fireball. Okay. And so that's a deck save on all of them. And it's going to be 29 fire damage for those who fail. And I believe half that for those who succeed. Okay. What's the saving uh, DC? Uh, 20. The deck save 20. All right, I'm just going to roll uh, one for each row, basically. Okay, so you fire off. Let me get uh, the fireball is a 30, 30 foot radius, right? right uh, 20 foot, it looks like. 20 foot? Okay, sorry, I don't have my spell my spell effects here. Hang on. They are important. So I don't think it'll hit this leader in the front. I think it'll just hit everybody... I mean, you choose the point, right? So Yeah. It might hit the one guy up on the roof, uh, depending on how we do, you know, up. He's within range of it. My library everybody is, else like is not. Jank, spell effects, spell, better spell effects. Sorry, I just... I can't find it because everything's in time soon. <laughs> I know it sounds lame, but I'm like, I can't read anything. Stupid Sarah fonts. There, perfect spells. There we go. Burning hands. Fireball. All right, eight by eight ruler. You guys see that now? Yep, I see it. Okay, there. Okay. So yeah, what point did you mark the point where you wanted to? Uh, yeah, it would be right on. Uh, the center guy in the middle, this this guy right here. Okay, so I got more rules to make. All right, so you immediately you play you play the note on what kind of music is it when you play it on the on, on the axe? It just it just like, and then the boom from the fireball. Boom. Okay, got it. So you, you put the fireball out. Kaboom! Roll the damage dice. I did. 29 for those who fail, half for those who succeed. All right. So that is uh, seven. So you slay 21 orcs as the fireball just goes. And there's an explosion in the darkness as light fires out all over the place. Boom. And you kill all of those orcs. (laughs) That's your guitar sound. That's Sorry, pretty good. I was trying to find. I one. like. No, that was right. good. It's a little mad. Anything else you'd like to do with your turn? Uh, let's see. That's a action. Um, bonus action. You know, why don't we do, just say uh, parlay and send diplomacy out to strike uh, this orc that's standing up on a roof next to me. Okay, so you send the sword up to do the attack and make the attack roll, please. 26 to hit. All right, 26 it's a hit. Roll your damage dice. 
Oh, uh, 11 yeah. points of piercing damage to that orc. All right, so you sort of stab the orc, and the orc goes, oh, oh, and he takes it in the chest, but he's still standing. He okay. goes, oh, oh, oh. That's Stanley's opening salvo. All right, Pharrell, you're up next. Is Nash in front of a door or window? Uh, Nash <laughs> is in front of a window. I love that this is the question. Uh, if he does what I think he's going to do, it'll be perfect. Or maybe not. I don't know. It is a window. Okay. Uh, glass and stuff, but I want to Nash get down and push him through the window. Mm. However, there is glass and stuff, so I will not do that. Uh, what I will do, though, is I will use my action, I assume, to run over to Nash, kind of move him in front and face him the other direction and then grab his hands and put him in kind of a spell casting facing that way. So oh, you want to like hold him out like this? Like, <laughs> like yeah, you want to hold him of, like he's a, he's your ray gun kind of. Yeah, this sort of right. Like, so he, yeah, so he would be he, right now. He'd be facing the core group, but it, clearly there is a large contingency that's going to run at us from behind. Okay. So I, I would like to basically turn him around Face him where he should do magic things. <laughs> and what kind of action would that take? All right. So I get it. So, like, you're basically going to hold him out. All right. Well, you know. <laughs> like a turret. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Is a turret. Yeah. I mean, you just move. If he accepts your lift, then you don't have to do a contest for it. Or, you know, you would just lift him up. That would be your action to lift him up, though. Um, so you lift him up and point him in the direction he needs to face. And, yeah, you have a bonus action remaining and whatever, wherever you want to run with your movement. Cool. I will. I will pick. So I will pick him up, kind of going over my head for a hot moment, like you know, you like you're carrying a ladder. Just Nash enemies, place him down, fix him so he's sort of facing the general vibe of which he would be. He should be going, and then I will run around to the front of him and duck below his hands so he can fire over my head. But I will be here for opportunity attack should things attack him. Gotcha. Okay. Very and good. I will enter my rage. All right. Done. All done. So you enter your rage, you pick up Nash, you point him there, and you get yourself ready. Are you pointing him back or forward? Sorry. Uh, he is facing like he is facing back, so to the left on our map here. Okay, perfect. So I'll put him to the I'll face him to the west. Right? Or do you want right. him? So we would basically switch spot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So where you okay. just put him, I would be in That's front of him up. guarding. Do you him. want it to be one step back so the guys on the side don't get to him? Yeah, that'd be great. All right, perfect. All right, excellent. So oh, you're up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Hope is going to use her at will with the necklace to change into one of those orcs, and okay. then she's going to run at the one directly in front of her, the one to the left of the leader, and attack him with three attacks. All right, do it up. Roll your attack roll. Does it mess with them? York and you start stomping down the, the, the road. Does it mess with them when she changes like that? Do they have a disadvantage or anything? When they see another orc um, coming? Or no? I mean, not a combat disadvantage per se, but they oh, could. Okay. okay, just wondering. I mean, it could it could, fo- it could end up fooling them. I mean, I think they would be able to track her for now as a transformling. But, uh, yeah, especially if they saw her do it, I guess. Yeah. It's like Among Us when you have the transformer thing. Or trans, whatever it is. All right, look, I think it was a 30, a 15, and a 14. A 30. 
<laughs> Damn. Yeah, the first one's a hit. So just roll the first one for now. Rolling D100s over there. Uh, roll okay, the dice thing's killing one. my uh, stuff a little, so I'm I'm coming in a little late, uh, but nine damage. Okay, so, and this is with your knife? Correct. The plus right, two dagger. So, Alright, you stab right in the armpit, and the, the arc goes, oh, he's still up, though. So with your second attack, you lean in and do more damage. What was the roll for the second one? I think it's a 15. Okay. All right. Uh, nine damage for this one. All right. So describe how you kill this orc. Where do you stab it? What does it do? Oh, well, let's see. If the first one stabbed in the armpit, she'd just slice downward. So the guts kind of spill out the side. All right. You do like a, like a samurai sword move, like and just cut down, splitting rib cage open and guts spill all over the floor in front of you and the orc goes yeah okay okay so here's a question then since only two connected can I then go over to the one on the main guy's right and attack him you you can move and do an attack yeah okay cool I won't use a different roll then I'll keep what happened the 14 okay so let me just uh, check the orc AC here make sure I have it right monsters orc Yep, all right, it's a hit. Eleven damage. Okay, so you're you're attacking the main one now, right? The main guy? His other lackey. Who's His other alive. lackey. Okay, yeah. so you sort of step over, go in, eleven damage, you stab him, and you know, you kind of just get him right in the chest. And the knife goes in, he goes, oh, it doesn't go down. He just looks like it made him angry. He looks at you with with a blood curdled cry. He's like, ah, in your face. You get all these spittle on your face. Hope will just stare at him unwavering. Yeah, perfect. All right, so it's now the orc's turn. You hear the, the loud yelling of yelling of orcs in a chorus like, oh, for the green veil, as they rush down the hallway. <laughs> so hang on. Speed would be 30. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Yep. Okay. That would be... They all rush down this uh, hall towards you for the movement. On your right side, Varel. Or from the north one. So that would mean everyone here would move like that. So let's do this. So a giant pile of them run down this way. And um, these orcs that are on the rooftop, they jump down. One jumps down near you, Stanley. Uh... Swings and a swing and a miss. One jumps down near Union. Uh, she gets hit, and she gets clipped with a big giant battle axe. As the battle axe comes down, it sort of slices in her arm. She goes, oh! hits her for ten points of damage. Another one jumps down and takes a slice at her with, and, and tries to bring the axe down over his head. It's like, ah! and she's able to parry that one uh, away with her bow or spear, rather. Uh, this one comes down next to you, Nash, with a big axe. Uh, the hit is the attack roll is going to be fifteen. Is that a hit? Uh, hold on, sorry, my AC currently did that change? Oh, it did. Yeah, nine. Said, you've got really low AC. Yeah, nine. So it's All a right. hit. You get hit with seven points of damage as this one comes down with a big two-handed sword and swings at you, and it cuts uh, across your chest as as Varel tries to dodge you out of the way somewhat, but you still take the hit. Okay. Varel from behind. This one jumps down off the roof 
attacking you for a hit. You take uh, nine points slashing damage from a large battle axe. He tries to bring it down your on your head, and it doesn't cut. It connects right with your head, but the your scales just like ding, like catch it, but it still hurts for nine points of of slashing damage. Uh, this one jumps down here as well, takes a swing at you, Varel, uh, raging for the attack rolls twenty one. Is that a hit? Yes. Yeah, for sure. I think you're at nineteen. Is your AC or twenty? Uh, 18 at the moment. 18. Okay, so you get hit with another uh, 12 points of damage as another axe comes down on your head. Ding! You have two axes now on your head. And your scales are starting to buckle somewhat. This guy runs down to you, comes towards you onto the side, makes a swing with his axe, rolls a one, tries to swing at your head, misses, and swings his battle axe into the toes of the orc next to him. The orc goes, Oh! Idiot! As <laughs> he yells. <laughs> and that orc takes... Uh, 11 points of damage and is severely damaged here, so I just want to make sure to mark that um, as well. Okay, this orc runs down, gets behind in the scrum. This one jumps down, gets behind. Uh, this orc from the roof takes his battle axe and tries to throw it at Nash's head, but because of your passive ability of your eye, the, the actual, the, the flipping axe as it goes, it comes towards your head, Varel, instead, because projectiles are uh, siphoned in your direction. Um, 15 is not a hit though so the axe hits you but does no damage it just bounces off your head you're like, <laughs> you got three axes in your head at this point um, alright this guy runs over one, two, three, four, five, six. runs over he throws a battle axe at your head from the top um, he tries to throw it at Nash actually recognizing this the spellcaster and of course you vacuum it to your attention that's a 23 so this axe hits you in the side of the head for uh, seven points of damage. <laughs> That's who's fifth axe. Kyle, um, Kyle's head or my head? Sorry, Nash or Varel? Kyle's. Okay. Kyle. So like when they, they aim for you, but because of Kyle's eye, it actually takes projectiles and, and he, it changes their target to him. Right. So they're aimed at you, but then they hit him and his head's just like bung, 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 bung. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So um, uh, this one jumps down, Hope, uh, gets to your side and tries to hit you with a big battle axe. Oop. Uh, and um, that's a 16, not a hit for you, right? That is a hit, yeah. It is a hit? Right, yeah. Oh, no. All right, so the battle axe swings past you, <clears throat> does seven points of damage as you sort of dodge it and take a cut in the back. <laughs> um, we have one more uh, orc, and he runs across the roof, and he just jumps, and this time he doesn't. He sees what happens with the other axes, so he doesn't throw it, so he just jumps in the air, Gromash scream style in that Warcraft cinematic with both hands. Ah! right at Nash Whew, anime anime like uh, trails going all around his side and rolls a two <laughs> it was almost a oh one God. sweet <laughs> alright sweet and he misses <laughs> bang as, as like Varel you manage to move him out of the way really quickly and it just hits the ground and sparks fly off the, uh, uh, the, the stone of the pavement um, I think that's everyone uh, that means it's Nash. You're up. All right. You're 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 getting held around like um, the Lion King, like all over the place, as as Varel has been dodging you as much as he can, yeah. and being hit in the head repeatedly with axes. Now, because I'm full of wisdom but no intelligence, this is all instinctual, and I will see that fire from the from the initial blast. That would be a real uh, that's that's a real inciting factor for about what's about to happen. Um, because inside of my head of heads, I would go, I would go fire 
dragon, and then become a freaking giant badass mother effing dragon. Black dragon. Oops. Oh, I got a question about it though. Before I before I do this, uh-huh. um, two things. Well, one, if it hurts Varel, it's I can't help it. This is just instinct. So Varel, I apologize in advance if this is going to be a, a bad thing. Uh, second thing. <laughs> um, did was I an adult black dragon last time we did this, or was I pure black? black I don't remember what phase. So you got to look at your look at your feature and traits. So let's have a look here. Is it in there? Um, it is in there at levels thirteen through seventeen. An adult black dragon. So oh, you're good. Newly thirteen, so you're now an adult black dragon. All right. So, um, okay. So based on that, um, I'm going to. Well, first I'm going to freak out, and then I don't know what that does to Varel. I hope it didn't hurt him. All right, so because the space you now occupy is a three by three square, um, that's going to push. It pushes the orcs one. Um, you need to make a dexterity saving throw, Stanley, because an orc's about to be pushed into you because of Nash. Oh of shit! Okay. <laughs> Sorry, uh, seventeen. Okay, um, you manage to sort of dodge out of the way, like you move and still sidestep the the orc as he sort of pushed to the ground. Um, as well, Varel, uh, for in your case. You're still holding on to him, <laughs> like you're just, you're just holding on to a scale at this point instead of the whole waste of Nash or whatever. But you're still holding on to him, so you're not pushed anywhere. You just now have a massive adult black dragon. Um, this this guy here gets pushed into that guy, and they all get pushed back um, as well. So now there's this d- giant dragon that you're holding on to, Varel. Uh, okay, that would take your action this turn, Nash. So you're now a giant dragon. I thought it did. Uh, I thought my. I thought the dragon got to do an action even after the transformation. No. Let's see. Let's see. Um, I'm looking right now, but I can't find it. Um, oh, does it say uh, in here? After transformation, I can't find anything. Once per long rest, you can use your action to magically assume your dragon form based on your level. So, yeah, when you lose your action, that's it. You can stay in the beast shape for a number of hours equal to half your level. You then revert to your normal format after. Yeah. So it takes an action to transform. The transforming process is time consuming. And so okay. if a turn yeah. lasts six seconds, like your main action is the six seconds. Totally fine. I just couldn't remember how we did it. Into OP form. Okay. Um, well, then that's my action. But you can move. You can still you can fly. You can and move. He, and, and he's effectively attached to me now, right? Uh, Varel is like he's on my back. Yeah, and you're so big, you could walk over the orcs at this point. So, like, you're not actually trapped in. You could probably walk over them if you wanted to. What if I, if I, okay, just a tabletop question here. If I rotated, any chance of incidental damage caused by my tail for any orcs in the way? Meaning if I, you know, turned around or something. No, you have to declare attacks for attacks to take place. Fair enough. Um, Well, in that case, I'll just look like a real badass and I will float... I want to get um, up. So is there anything new about the adult black dragon that we might not be thinking about? Uh, I've got um, Frightful Presence. Each creature of the dragon's choice, that, but this is an action, so I can't really do anything with it. But anyway, oh, if I, okay, isn't so it? I don't action. think it's just a... St- oh, let me make sure here. Actions. It'd yeah, be cool if it, it were an aura. It's definitely an action. Um, each creature in that area does this thing. 120 feet, they become aware of it. They have to all, have to all do wisdom saving throws. Ooh, that includes Stanley, though. Shit. Well, anyway. Didn't you say creatures of your choice? No, it's creatures of the dragon's choice. Oh, okay, you're right. It's dragon's choice, my favorite dance. Okay, so there's that. And then, um, see, amphibious. Okay, we got that. Legendary resistance if the dragon fails. Oh, so just throw, so you're aware, too, how that works is you can use frightful presence and then make three attacks. 
Oh, no so, way. So, like, multi-attack the dragon can use its frightful presence. It then makes three attacks, one with its bite, two with its claws. Oh, okay. So you can actually do all four of those things, or you can shoot acid breath. Okay. Um, or you can use a tail hit. I think a tail hit seems... There is a tail attack. It's a legendary action. And then I have a wing attack. Dragon. Oh, no, wait. Legendary actions. Dra- so, hang on. This is new. The dragon can take three legendary actions, choosing from the options below. Only one legendary action can be used at a time and at the end of another creature's turn. So you can use the legendary actions. You get three, and you can use them any time. Oh, so I could do a one tail time, swipe. You get three of them, and you can only use them. You can only use them like use a legendary action once per round. But it's like a bonus move, basically, anytime you feel like it. Okay. Well, I'm going to do a tail attack then. Oh, this is great. All right. So all this, uh, all these pieces of garbage behind us. Okay. Let's see. Does it have a range on it? Sorry. It's not just any time. It's at the end of another creature's turn. Oh, another creature's turn. Yeah. yeah. But but that means an orc could finish a turn and I could do it then? Yeah. Or a teammate. Stanley's up next. So Stanley could do his move. And at the end of Stanley's move, you can decide a legendary action. Badass. Might be a good idea, too, because I don't know how many orcs are going to be left after the next turn. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Stanley, um, Stanley makes making this competition. I've still got bite and melee stuff. Okay. Um, all right. Well, then I'm just gonna look awesome and and be there. <laughs> yeah, your legendary actions that you can pick are detect whale, tail attack or wing attack. Right. And the wing attack costs two actions. So I could I could do a tail attack and a wing attack or three tail attacks or a detect and two tail attacks. No, no, that's on your main turn. Oh. So the legendary actions is one of the three below. Got it. So. Yeah. Even though it says cost two actions on wing attack? Mm, yeah, then you use... Because you only get three per combat. Right. But if it's Although, happening... The dragon gains were spent legendary actions at the start of his turn. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. So I guess what I'm saying is... The dragon can take three legendary actions. That's in addition to my other action? To my main yes. action of my turn? Okay. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. Okay, so, different so I can do three of those between my turns... Three legendary at the actions. end of other creature turns. Okay. At the end of other creatures. And turns. so that's what I was saying: is you're, the wing attack will cost me. Effectively, a boss monster at this point. The wing attack will cost me two of those. Is my point. Yeah. Whereas a tail attack would only cost me one. Okay. All right. right. I'm I'm clear. I'm good. All right, Stanley, you're up. Stanley, will just look around and see orcs still attacking and go. I just don't understand. I the fireball was meant to be a nice warning, but I guess. Kaboom! And I will cast Destructive Wave out from my person. Every orc within 30 feet of me has to make a Constitution 20 saving throw. And that's just for ease, Bo. I will show you the... It's everybody except this guy up on the roof. You can see that arrow, right? Right. That guy on the roof... That guy, basically, all these guys so, up so, in so, here. Yeah, so just say it. Guy. Say the range again, because I'll get this. I'll get a marker for it. Uh, every enemy within thirty feet of me every that I declare. So it's it's literally everybody except this guy, this guy, and then the whole alley behind them. Okay. Second. Ugh, okay. Um. Let me just uh, find the marker here. All right, well, this is not quite accurate, but we're just going to use that. It's gross. So within thirty feet, centering <laughs> on you. That is no, gross. it's not a it's not a cone or a, a sphere. It's just thirty feet from me. So 
All right. Well, maybe anybody this is the within best thirty feet. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Whatever. <laughs> this, my thing's all screwed up. Okay. So everything. Everybody within thirty feet. All right. What's yeah. the? I'll figure it out. I'll get the ruler. So they have to do a Constitution twenty saving throw. Constitution twenty saving throw. All right. Or, or it's half damage, right? Yeah, or it's half damage. Okay, so roll the damage, please. Okay, it's two sets of damage. The first is thunder damage, uh-huh. which is 20. And then okay. the second is radiant damage, which is 16. Okay, so 26 total, right? No, a 36 total. 36, sorry, 36 total. I can't find the ruler now. Oh, there we go. So you said 30 feet from you. Yep. Not 40 feet? Uh, nope, just 30. Okay, so that's going to get... It's pretty it much hit, everyone except hits, the back alley folks and these the two. Yeah. Okay, so, okay perfect. Uh, so you... And it, it spares allies, right? Yep. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> the des- describe the light uh, and the way it destroys, annihilates all these orcs. I'm going to remove them off the map here, all the ones that uh, died. So Stanley, he just says kaboom and points down and the ground shakes and shudders and you just see like a distortion, like when something's too hot ripples through the air and then light just erupts from him, kind of like Raiders of the Lost Ark, just going all sorts of different directions and just jumping around allies and flying through orcs, just burning, searing holes through them as it goes. All right, so you kill uh, another 20 or 30 orcs as they all burn uh, in your destructive wave. One other thing, uh, because I see the leader is still up. He didn't die. Uh, If he failed his saving throw, uh, he's knocked prone. Okay, he didn't fail his saving throw. Okay. But he's burning. (laughs) He's definitely felt the destructive wave. Uh, Nash is now the end of Stanley's turn if you want to take one of your legendary actions. I do. Um, oh, problem. and diplomacy flies back into my hand, and I resheath it. Okay, I have one problem though. Um, he killed everything within my range, so I don't know. If- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, maybe you can't do anything right now. Oh, I may wow. not be able to. I'm just thinking here. This other orc is still yeah. out of range. Okay, yeah, yeah I can't. Out of range I can't now. tail attack anybody. So I will. Um, no. I will. So Stanley killed everything in the vicinity. Yeah. All right, Varel, you're up. All right. You're, you're uh, hanging off the dragon. <laughs> he, he runs around looking, where's the orcs? <laughs> and I'm on top of him, right? Uh, well, you're hanging off of him. Okay. Uh, can I... Yeah, well, he's, he's effectively clogged the, the, the tube. Yeah. Tactically clogged. Yes, that's right. So well, I would like to... They could run under his legs. He's really yeah. big now. Yeah. Let me actually make sure I can... Uh... Cool, I can make it to the, the chieftain. Okay. I'd like to just run, you wanna run, run the run off the top of the neck of the uh of the dragon and jump yeah. at him. Alright, Nash, you feel footsteps all along the back of your spine reaching up to your head, and awesome. then and your head gets pushed down as then you see Varel flying through the air. And so what are you doing? What's the attack plan? You're in the air. What's going Shield on? Shield dispels, go into the double sword of Grosjil and bring it down for a reckless attack. All right. Make right. your attack roll, please. All right. 
21. All right. And as you as you're in the air, like you, you run, you, you run up, the, you climb you up the dragon and you run up his neck, launch off of Nash's head. And then as you go in the air, the orc looks at you, goes, what? No. And he, begin, he he's looking at you, but he begins running away. And what he sees is the starry night. And then as you reach the apex of your jump, there's a twinkle, ping, you know, anime style. As in you come firing down upon him, hitting him for damage, please. Nine, 13, 18 points of damage, fire. Right, fire damage. Describe how he is slain from this. From this. The fire hits him right in the neck shoulder, and then the kind of ethereal whooshness goes through him as the fire bursts out his chest the other side. And he goes, no! And then his body parts fly everywhere, and there's no more vocalization. And they, and they spin. And as they spin streamers of blood in the circle. <laughs> nice. You land on the ground. There's like a, a, a burst of, of air from where you land. Awesome. I embrace it. And while I may have another attack of my action, I will use it posing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good use of it. I hope you're up. All the orcs around here are gone. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, seeing what's happened, Hope's going to look at Varel a little miffed that he stole her kill, and she's just going to sheathe her dagger and slowly walk up to the dead orc, check out the um, head that he was holding to see if she recognizes who it is, and then just go through his armor, see if there's anything of use, knowing that the dragon and Stanley certainly have uh, the burst damage necessary to clear it. All right. Well, a quick glance at the orc, uh, the, the the dwarf he was holding the head. It looked like Flemar, and one of the guards on the rooftops that were telling you guys to be quiet, but then talking loudly anyways. And um, yeah, there's. I mean, he has pretty much a very large uh, sword, and the helmet. You try to take it off, but it seems fastened into his head, like maybe even screwed into his, his skull somehow, so it doesn't really come off. Uh, and the eyes are hidden, so there's just like this weird metal visor over top of his eyes like very strange yeah. um, alright and we are now to the orcs so the orcs uh, run out these orcs up here sort of run out and see what's happened to their horde and they begin running the other way well, they just start all taking off shit. The road. Uh, they, be they begin running as they see their leader destroyed and they're like run escape with your lives and they all sort of begin running. Nash, it is your turn. Okay, gosh dang it. Uh, my instincts would tell my very unintelligent self to... Oh, I can't control it. But I would I would uh, uh, whip around to these guys and... Uh, let's see, what do I want to do? Um, I know I can make a mess with acid breath. Yeah! Let's him, do what you him, want, dude. Yeah. We'll feed you some gold coins after. It'll be great. We'll feed you some gold Scratch that little dragon chin. He's a good boy. So since it's pure pure instinct at this point, it would be acid breath because I would see a lot of enemies and want to just do the thing that yeah, kills them all. Yeah, you see prey running. I mean, you know, and yeah. you're like a horse, but a carnivorous horse, I guess. So I will exhale acid in a 60-foot line, five feet wide. How can I get the most bang for my buck here? I mean, the longest line is what you'll want to hit. Yeah, I guess it's... So, unfortunately, like, it'll just be either five at most, I think. You'll just have to fly up over here uh, and shoot a line (laughs) 
at one of these guys. Like, yeah. Here, basically. Or here. Um, I, where, what's on the other side of this area they're running toward? Nothing? It's just more, more lane. Like, it's more city. All right. DM, I'm going to ask you the following question. <laughs> okay. What if I flew my movement? What if that was flying over to where they're trying to flee? And then come crashing down on whoever's standing there. So, you know, one or two of them. See if I can't oh, can cause that. some damage there and then let fly. But also this this funnels them back the other direction where we can yeah, finish. So I know you want to like move over there, right? Yeah, Basically. yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I want to I want to try to land on a couple of them. And kill oh, them. <laughs> not as an action, though. Can I am I allowed to land? And well, you can, a- yeah, you know, you can try and land on them and put your weight on them. I don't think it would take an action. You would just drop on top of them. Um, now you're so like you're so big. Basically, you'd be belly flopping on them. That's fine. That so hurt. that might be kind of an action. I think. Like, is it okay? I don't want to cheat. Yeah, I don't want to cheat. But you weigh a lot at this point because you're giant, so it's going to hurt them. Yeah, it doesn't have to kill them. Or you <laughs> and then you've clogged their escape. Yeah. All right, so you fly up into the air and you do a giant belly flop on nine orcs. Yeah. Okay. Or- uh, uh, make an attack roll, please. Okay, hold on. I don't even think this needs an attack roll, but I think we have to for the rules. All right. I've never done a dragon flop before. Uh, never adjudicated a dragon flop. Here it comes. <laughs> Shit. Four. Yeah, the roll this is kind of weird. Okay, so you you try to like well, land. Would it be an bel- attack, or would it be a deck save for them? Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe we'll make it more of a deck. Yeah, because you're going to fall. It's gravity. You're fall- so you, you let yourself fall on top. That's that's good point, John. All right, they're going to make a deck save. What is your uh, strength? Here? As dragon, I am. Uh, my strength is 23 plus 6. Versus their dexterity. Okay. I yeah. will make a roll. So you, we're going to contest it. So a, I need to a know strength to roll? set the DC. You're, you're going to set it? Yeah, so make a roll the D20 and add your... Strength okay, so modifier. D twenty. So wait, that's a twenty three plus. Oh, I see plus six. I got it. Okay, hold on. Okay, so another six would be nineteen. Nineteen total. Okay, perfect. And so they rolled eleven collectively. Um, so you you belly flop on top of them, crushing them. So as you come down, uh, how high do you fall? Um, how many feet you can go up? You have a movement now. I would, I would have done the, I would have done whatever the maximum of get some height and then drop on them. I could. Yeah. So your fly would be 80 feet. So you would drop 80 feet. So you're going to take damage from dropping. Okay. So you have lots of hit points as a dragon. Yeah, that's fine. So let's give your arms that, you know, wrist curled up for the full belly flop effect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're taking 8d10 damage, I guess is what I'm saying. 8d10? Yeah. You're rolling that though, right? I am, yeah. Okay. All right, so you're going to take, yeah, a very negligible amount of damage for a dragon, 29 points of damage. 29. Remember, your health pool starts at 195 as a giant dragon. Yeah. So you take 29 and you belly flop on all the orcs, splatting them. There's just a giant pancake of blood. Sweet. It splutes out from underneath, and it hits the other orcs that are running that you don't get, and they're all 
they're all terrified. <laughs> Good. So that was just your movement. You still get an action. So yes, all you I have to do. do is move and drop, right? Yep. So now I'm going to yeah. do... So a- now you can still do some other shit. Okay. So th- <laughs> the way... <laughs> uh, let's see. The talent attack does what? What is it? 15 feet? How many... And how close is everybody? Who's the furthest away from me? Um, uh, your tail guy. attack... So you have to do one... Oh, you have to do a tail attack. Plus 11 to hit. Reach 15. One target. Oh, one target. F that. So it's like a precision... All right, F that. Um, I'm going to do as many guys as I can in my straight line of uh, acid breath. Uh, so I'm going to inhale and do a 60-foot okay. deal. Can I do it diagonally or no? What you am I can. on? I can? Okay, a- you can. You have a long neck. You can point your neck somewhere and go, ah! Can cool. I go like, uh, here, let me draw it. Can I do like... Um, yeah, so you can get the three. I know what you are intending here. You can get the three there. Three? Yeah, that's what I'd want to do. Want to I just don't want to hit Stanley by accident. It's my main thing. Um, right. uh, but maybe he wouldn't have the wisdom to be upset. I don't know. All right, just kidding. Here we go. Let's do the acid breath, shall we? Uh, right. I forgot how to roll it. Hold um, on. The acid Dragon breath is, is going 65. to be a DC 18. dexterity saving for the three. Yep, 18. So. You need to hit. All right, so uh, one saves, the other two don't. Roll your 12d8 acid damage. 12d8 incoming. Oh, I'm so excited to roll this. Hold on, sorry. Okay, 12d8. How do I tell it to do more? Oh, I don't like the Roll more dice. Here, I'll do it on my app. It's faster. It's faster. can help. Sorry, everybody. I have, so far I have three. Okay, 12d8. Here we go. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Fifty-three points of damage. Really? Okay, perfect. That's the that's the average. The average would be fifty-four. So interesting. Oh, really? Um, all right. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So you rolled average. Um, switch. So the one that saved is going to take half damage, but it's still not enough to save him. You fire off. Breath of, of a line of acidic damage, and the orcs there just melt into Swiss cheese, turning into puddles of goo and smoke smoldering. Now, it is 60 feet yeah. of breath. You can't really control that because you're a crazy ass dragon. So you also melt the house behind it, and a big giant piece of the house just slides off. Yeah. <laughs> it kicks up a whole bunch of dust uh, behind it as you melt the house. Totally well. fine. Acceptable collateral damage. No, I, I think I'm good. All right, Varel, you're still up, and there's still stragglers in the back. All right. Ah, they might be two. I mean, I can do some shield throws. There's three left. All right, there's a very important question I have, and it's okay if it was. Uh, we'll see. Uh, did did Yulani? What's her name? I got it written down. Hang on. I oh, took notes. Wrong. My bodyguard. Yeah, did the bodyguard do anything during all of this? No, I forgot her. Okay. <laughs> did you forget my turn too? Because don't I go after Nash? Uh oh. That, well, it's either Varel or Stanley. Yes, I forgot. Oh, that's but you're right. In the we same can, role, so we can switch. Um, you can also just kind of let, you know, Hope's already looting corpses. You could just let Stanley finish playing with the food, or Hope or Nash finish playing with the food. I mean, well, Stanley got a considerable amount of orcs killed. Varel had his cool, cool moment. You can let the dog finish dinner, you know. Stanley's going to see an opportunity, and he's going to go, listen, listen. He's going to go walking up, 
You're all very scared. We've killed a lot of your friends today. How would you like to live? We have a chest. What needs carrying? And if you carry it for us, maybe you walk out of here without being melted horribly. The orcs with their helmets and the visor, they look scared and they sort of look at each other and they go, Yes, yes. Please spare us, oh wizard, great wizard. We All wish right. to live on. All right, great. We uh, we need uh, we need somebody to carry this chest over to our ship. Are there any more of you? Let me ask. That is there any more that we have to worry about? Is this everybody? Have we taken care of the whole crew? This was everyone. Okay, fantastic. Are we out of turn order? Or is this his turn? Well, it's his turn, but he's ending combat. Because the reason unless I'm... You, oh, he's ending unless combat. Unless you decide to continue attacking them, which you're perfectly at, at liberty. Because I'm going to tell you right now, Nash is, doesn't understand what's happening, doesn't know that he's bar- bartering peace, and he's about to inhale again, but, do a recharge. He's you, ready to freaking what's rock. your alignment? If you're still a good, Wait. these are surrendered foes. So, you know, but killing... I, but I know that? A surrendered foe is evil. Yeah, you still have wisdom. You're not... Like, you're just dumb. You're not, like, a complete... You're not a horse. Like you're acting like a horse, but I think it's because you think but, it's fun. But like this, you, you still have alignment. Like you still know right from wrong. You know. Okay. But so is this the effects of a true polymorph? Would Nash be intelligent again as a black dragon because he takes on the? Well, that's attribute. a good point. He might be smarter. Oh yeah, good point. I'm in. I have an intellect of fourteen plus two as a modifier. Yeah, it's true, actually. Your intellect is somewhat improved. Never find, mind, then. <laughs> I would not be freaking out, then. I you would, find I yourself... Would, I, yeah. I this voice that sounds like Kyle enters your head saying, like, wait, I'm more intelligent than this. Yeah. <laughs> I can do better. Yeah, I take it all back. I would not be panicking as a dragon. I would be fine. Now, I'm just but, saying you're totally at liberty to finish killing them, but they now have surrendered, so it, all right. I would, it not, would be an evil I would act not, to kill a surrendered. Yeah, I would not kill them, so I forget I said anything. And now that I I completely forgot, the dragon has his own intelligence, and so I'm suddenly smart, and I would be like, oh yeah, I can't kill them if if they've surrendered, so I'm good. Okay. So, so that's the end of combat. Congratulations, everyone, for surviving and slaughtering this uh, horde of orcs. I'm staying as a dragon for a while, though. Okay? I'm not sure. changing back. Yeah, and they—they're they, very scared of you. They keep looking back, and and they happily move forward, uh, Stanley, and they pick up uh, the the chest. They go, "Where would you like this? We will take it there right away." Okay, I'll show you. I'll show you. What's what's your name? Stanley gets to know him as they're walking back to town. I am Took, and this is Ruck, and that is Lock. <laughs> Are you related? We are all brothers of the Grim Vale. Okay. The Green Vale, rather. Fantastic. I'm Captain uh, Valir Ornoth. Um, I think you probably all saw my ship. You seem to want to claim it. It is not yours, but uh, if you want to serve on it, maybe we can work out a deal. Our old master, Stink Eye, wished to claim this as his base and that boat as his new ship for us, but... Stink Eye is no more, and thus we are free of our charge. If you yep. are taking applications, we would maraud for you, Captain. I think that sounds like a wonderful idea. Stanley. Yeah. Opal have changed back, and she'll kind of nod to this as Varel goes over. But, uh, this, uh, Varel, this is a pair of, not a pair, this is three sets 
of good hands willing to help us. Corporeal hands. They can actually leave the boat. If we need to take something from the ship to land, they can do it. The ghost certainly can't do that. And then we don't have to do it. It's your boat, Captain. That is my boat. Got welcome aboard, uh, <laughs> Took, Rook, and Look. We're happy to have you. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Took, Rook, and... <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. I'm putting them on your ship. I've I moved to the other map. I'm making sure we don't forget about their existence by adding their tokens to the uh, the airship uh, thing. And you now have three orcs uh, amongst the complement of your forces aboard the ship. By the or, way, Nash Nash is back to normal, or you know, somewhat, and he's confused by this, and he will he'll go. Is is Stanley drunk? What is oh. what is wrong with oh. Stanley? There's nothing wrong. I'm filling out our regiment. Our ship can't be a bunch of ghosts and us. We need to, you know, we're recruiting other Nashes. We can recruit some orcs. Something's wrong with him. He's been touched. By by a drink or what, what, what? By what? A goo and it flew. Well, look, I'm smart enough to know that that goo had some effect, but I will tell you, I think I feel fine. And we've done a lot of good here today. Look at how much money we made. I didn't have a gold to my name when we started. This has been a lucrative day, and I think everybody should just really take a moment to celebrate how today has gone. We got the lockbox, we got the coordinates, we got money, we got three new friends... Uh, I need to go see if FedST is still around. Oh, right. I'm sure. Did you guys kill anybody that looked like he had a weird mask? Uh, we kept the we kept the dwarves and the humans at the camp for for meat puppets for later. They they are in cages. Oh, we okay. killed one to appear threatening to any who might try to take us on. They told oh, us you were you were in the town. And said, you might be formidable. Well, yes, we were. As you, Stink as Eye you ordered saw. us to kill one to scare you. And that was the, that's this fellow, Stanley points at the head. Yes, that fellow there. Yeah. But that, then that means there are more of them, if they're keeping a camp and keeping people kept. No, they are in cages at this time. For performances. For, for had- meat puppeting. We've had a real day of getting doors open. Is there a key we need or something? Do we need to... Who has the key? How do we get um, these cages open? Stink, I have key. Okay, well, that's easy. He didn't get disintegrated or anything. Hope, if you find a key, we're going to need it. Got it. And she'll right, look yeah, for the key. Uh, there's a loop with a keychain on, on the key. Cool, so take the key. All right, um, perfect. So uh, you grab the keys and you make your way back to the main gateway, which is left open. um, And you see uh, strewn up in cages along the side. You see uh, Aelboon, Hardbottom, various other dwarves, and badass T going, Oh, thank God you guys are here. I mean, I don't know why I thank God. I don't know what that is. (laughs) Thanks, someone. I was beginning to think I was going to be a, a hamburger for these guys. Is that no, what they we, mean? we took care of it. No, you were to be per- part of a performance. 
They told me as much. I'm pretty sure meat puppet means meat on a stick, if you know what I mean. Oh. Like, maybe they stick our hands over our asses and then eat us like that over the, you know, like a, like a popsicle or cotton candy. <laughs> a common orc treat in this place. <laughs> cotton candy. Yeah. Unpleasant. A horrible place to begin any meal. <laughs> yeah, I'll say, I was not looking forward to it. I didn't put up a fight. I thought I, I, I wanted to get the trust of you guys, so I didn't want to screw anything up because there's too many of them. Not actually and the wrong I, decision. I wasn't actually about to die because you know, and, and he shows his sleeves. He's like, I got these babies in here, and he sort of shows that he's got these knives up his sleeves. Yes, but the oh, moment oh. didn't call for it, and we need to see this through to the end. This is reasonable. Hope's unlocking the cages as this conversation is going on. Oh, thank you for letting me out, last says Aelboon as. I thought we were goners for sure. Ale man. Aleboon. Aleboon. You can call me Aleboon. That's what my mama called me. This man here, the beautiful one, and that man there, the one currently a dragon, were touched by golden oh, oozes. Oh, shit, a dragon! Run! <laughs> he doesn't normally. <laughs> they all, all the dwarves begin taken off. They're gone. Uh, Hope will grab, try and grab the hair of Aleboon before. It's the only thing you can really grab. Dexterity contest with him and Aleboon. Oh no. Seven. All right, you grab a block of his hair, but he's just so scared that he just he lets it rip. But you got a piece of scalp, and some blood comes out as you just grab hair, but you didn't grab enough. He's run, there's a dragon, and they all begin making their way uh, either in any direction possible into houses, uh, and they disappear from sight. And you hear them running um, off. Hope will cast thaumaturgy on herself to make her voice extra loud and call out, "Stop!" It's Nash. He becomes a dragon. It's fine. Get back out here. Persuasion roll, please. <laughs> I don't think yelling at them in a magic voice is going to come. They're like, oh, okay, it's fine. It's safe to come back, everyone. How about with the 19? That's pretty oh, good. Okay, so you put a nice little curve of magic on that, and Aelboon stops. The other dwarves continue running, but Aelboon stops. And you see his head, and he looks back with one eye, you know, very cinematically, and he just stops in place. Nash, you... did you... Oh. Go for it, Aelburn. You mean to tell me that dragon there was that bandaged man I saw not six hours ago? If it's not, why is he not eating us? I'm totally Nash, I'll say. Uh, do a trick, Nash. Like, clap your paws or something. Okay, check it out. Now get up on my rear and my hind legs and just do like a... Then I'll just slam my hands together and just look like a... See, I'm not here to hurt anybody. It's fine. I he just can't around. change His back yet. His jaw's a gape. He turns around and he reaches a hand out to, like, almost try and pet you. I'll say, see? You're fine. And I'll... Do I have four legs, or am I like a Drake-looking... I forget now. You have, you have four legs. You have full, oh, you're right, full yeah. I'm, I'm Final Fantasy Dragon. Um, 
I'll, I'll, you know, pat yeah, him on the yeah, head. Dungeons and Dragons dragon, actually, yeah. but okay. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll t- they're afraid to do Drake's in that game. I'll, uh, I'll reach down or reach over and just sort of pat him on the head very gently. Oh, you'll giant. pat him. So he tries to reach out to touch you and your big, ha- your big dragon mitt just touches his head. And he goes, oh, everyone, it's a friendly dragon. And dwarven heads begin to pop out of like dwellings nearby and look on in fear. I think that's where we can leave it this week. <laughs> with, uh, cool. With the with Nash uh, being friendly to the dwarves of Blastbelly Rock, the scavenger rem- remnants. Someone's got to be a nice. Belly full of uh, belly full of orc. Yeah, I, uh, perfect timing because I don't want to change back yet. I want to. I got to stay intelligent for a while until we figure out how to fix me. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, well, well done, everybody. That was awesome. Hey, don't ref- don't forget. We'll be back at it next time with even more. And uh, in the meantime, if you go to therewillbedungeons.com and fill out, there's like a form below everything right there. It's just super simple. You go there and you fill out this quick form. It's basically questions you have about the campaign. And we'll do them on our bonus episode. We're recording next week. Supporters will get it that day. And then everybody else will get it a week later. So no matter who you are, your questions might get answered and we'd love to have them. So go to therewillbedungeons.com and uh, fill out that form. Super easy. Do it on your phone if you want, whatever. It's super, super easy to do. And we would love to hear from you. I think that's going to do it. Well done, everybody. Thank you, everybody, for being here. For Bo, for me, for Kyle, for Kristen, for John, and for and for Baby Chunks. And what do we, John, do you have a, do we have a nickname for your uh, little no, one? No, we don't have a nickname. He was here for the uh, break, so, you know, we got to give him props, but. Mini me. Mini me was also yeah. here. From all of us to all of you, have a great week. And we'll see you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.